Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. It is the Worst of the Riot podcast. I am Hudson Isaiah joining me once again, and we are once again without Nikki Sands. Nikki, we've got one more podcast we'll be doing without her. Next week, you'll get the Worst of the Riots for 2021, and then uh, boom, we're in 2022, and Nikki will be here again. Boom. boom. It's the new year. Yep. We uh, we talked a little bit about that uh in the in the podcast or in the show, I guess. Uh-huh. About how people didn't really like this year. Yeah. They didn't some, like it. Some did not think twenty twenty one was the best. We're which hot. it's fine to think it's not the best. Some people thought it was the worst. Some people and thought it, it was the, rough. The amount of people who thought it was the worst may surprise you. Was a little How's bit much? that for a, te- a tease? Yeah, that's a pretty good tease. Yeah. That's a good work. So good we work. call in the biz a tease. Yeah, that's so uh, be, be, be surprised by that. There's a there's a lot of people that were upset with this year, but we just kind of cover how some people are just kind of complainers. Yeah, which is okay. Yeah, no, we got a lot of them. There's a, a, just a surprising amount. Uh, we also did a little uh, little food fight this morning. Yes, we were feeling uh, Christmassy. We've got we got no Nikki, but we've got a stack of Christmas food. Well, it was really like two things. So yeah. we're like, it's Christmas. It's gonna be weird if we wanted to taste this stuff in January. So let's just go ahead and try it before the season comes to a close. And so that's just what we did. Yeah, Hudson and I also uh we scripted out like you know those those Santa Claus movies where there's like the bad Santa. Yeah. We you mean new, like bad Santa? Yeah, bad Santa. <laughs> precisely. But there's like four of them where like Santa's brother comes and yeah. he has to save Christmas. Fred Claus. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Santa's exactly. got a brother who's just, uh, who's just, he doesn't live up to the family name. Yeah, so th- we, we came up with our own kind of storyline. Uh-huh. Another bad Santa. There is or a bad. Or a good Santa. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Some might say he's good. So I bet people that he helped were, yeah. were very happy There with was at service. least probably one grateful uh, person, I would think, in yeah. uh, Pinellas County, Florida, where this where this Santa, this Florida Santa was located. Yeah. Richard went to work. He yeah. was uh, he was in a giving mood one day. The police were not happy with what yeah. he was giving out. Much like in many uh, movies about Santa Claus, yeah. the police always feel like they need to step in and stop St. Nick. From doing his thing. Exactly. So Don't we, know why the police are so anti-Santa. Yeah. And then uh, some people are a little bit uh, anti-Christmas. Not for a reason that you would think, just because they think it's kind of a uh, a lonely day. Yeah, that's Sad right. Day. So we try to give them some advice, right? Yeah, we give them advice on like when when you should no longer be lonely, when you should decide you, to bring that significant other to the Christmas. Or if you want, if you really want to make sure you're not lonely on Christmas... Uh, especially for all the get-togethers, when you need to start really focusing your efforts, it's earlier than maybe you would expect to. You got to start planning ahead. You have to. Yeah, we we talk, touch on that. Then we fact, also, it's never too early. No, it's never <laughs> too early. And uh, we touch on that, and then we also talk a little bit about how uh, it's okay to take the picture in front of the tree with grandma. Like you don't have to have somebody oh, yeah. there with you. You can take the picture in front in front of the tree you don't with have grandma. To feel bad. No, it's okay. Yeah. It's and, okay to spend Christmas uh, alone. Oh yeah, and then we uh, we wrap it up by talking about there's there's a chance if you're driving a nice vehicle, uh-huh. even maybe a BMW, 
you may be driving down the highway and you may just feel a punch to the face. That's right. And uh, it's not coming from where you expect. No. And the the cause of why you may get that punch to the face, it's it's completely out of left field. Hudson and I would never. No. If I was a car designer, uh-huh. this is one of those, this would be a non-negotiable. It's a mistake that we would not make in no. 100 years. No chance. So maybe they, BMW should start consulting us. We should. We should get consulted. Yeah. The everyday guy, this would be one of those things where like, well, you can't mess that up. Yeah. That's like an important feature. Well, that's we. You know how it is, though. We'd wind up being like that focus group that used to be in those Chevy commercials. Oh, that everybody yeah. hated, where they're just like, oh, no, it's great. No, oh, it's boom, so good. Boom shakalaka. That's a great car right it's there. It's a great car. Yeah, I, I, uh, that, that's why I think Isaiah and I would be good to be in that focus group, because we wouldn't just fall in line. No. We wouldn't just see the flashy new thing and say, oh, this is great. We'd ask the hard questions we'd that need ask, to be asked. We, we tell you when it's trash. Yeah, we do right. that every day on here. We uh-huh. talk one of the popcorns, trash. Yep. Two out of ten, trash. It's what makes us great. It's, I think one of the things is where our brutal honesty. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie and hype something up that's, that's just terrible. Yeah. Like every day, if there's something our, that's trash, I'm gonna tell you it's trash. Our, we have brutal honesty and a healthy skepticism. Of course. And that's what gets us through. So well, yeah, that's the show. All right. Enjoy. Bye. Check you next time. It is the riot. If you missed out on the next riot moment when it originally aired, you don't know how lucky you are. You're listening to the worst of the riot podcast. Is that Isaiah? How you doing? Sorry, I couldn't I couldn't hear you over here. I had my headphones on because you were watching the Doctor Strange trailer. Yes. And I don't want it spoiled for me. Well, I don't know how it could possibly be spoiled. What do you mean? It's just a teaser, so uh, it's nothing too egregious. It's kind of just showing it's you some- It's two minutes long. It's kind of showing you some of the things that happen. Like, not even the things that happen, but just, like, the characters that are in it. I don't want to like know that. the characters that are in it. That's so Is Doctor Strange in it? He is in it. That's all I need to know. He's in it. There's a lot of other good characters. I'm not going to spoil it for yeah, you. Fine. I know Scarlet Witch is in it, She too. is also yeah, in it, and yeah. it looks, I mean, obviously I am extremely biased because I love Doctor Strange. He's my favorite character, yeah. but I could not be more excited for a movie. You couldn't be more excited. I could not be more excited. You don't sound, I've heard you more excited. No, I mean, I mean I, I'm not going to yell and scream about a trailer. Why not? Because I've been so excited for this for months now, so uh-huh. like the excitement has just set in. You've learned to contain it. Yes, exactly. So it looks, if I had to describe it, uh-huh. it looks kind of like, I'm, I'm not going to say scary, uh-huh. but there's like some, definitely some like creepiness to it for sure. Hmm. But I'm excited to see how it all turns out. Yeah. So like, if you haven't seen it yet, you should go watch <laughs> Watch it, unlike Hudson, uh, because it it looks pretty good. I mean, the the plot line's going to be pretty crazy. Yeah, or if you're a real Marvel movie fan, you can not watch it and not have the movie spoiled for you, and then find out all the twists and turns and the creepiness and the characters all in a part of the movie when you go see it. See, that just sounds like a theater. lot for me. You know, I, I need that you little bit. You can't take so many surprises. No, 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 no. I, I need to know a little bit of what I'm getting myself into by the time I get to the theater. You know, I don't want to come in there and be completely shocked. I just need to be kind of shocked. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about it, and even I didn't watch any of the Spider-Man trailers for No Way Home. I still haven't seen the movie, but I, I'm getting on that. When we resume the show after New Year's, I will have seen the movie some way or another. That's fair. I will as well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we both need to get on that. But what I was thinking was, even with that, not watching the trailers, you there was no way to avoid seeing all the stuff going on with it where, uh, like, they're having the free, previous Spider-Man showing up, previous Spider-Man villains. And I thought even that would have been, how much cooler would it have been 
Uh, I'm sure it's cool when you go see the movie and, uh, you know, the Green Goblin shows up. But how much cooler would it have been if you didn't know the Green Goblin was going to show up at some point and all of a sudden, whack, it's Willem Dafoe. That how much been, cooler would that have been? It would have been cooler. It would have been cooler. Exactly. I'll give you that. I will give you that. It would have been cooler. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm trying to avoid when I avoid watching trailers for yeah, Marvel That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because I, I guess when you think about it that way, it's more of a surprise in the theater. Mm-hmm. Because like I feel like everyone nowadays just wants to know what the movie is before you even right. go. And, then and then that's they, what the and part they're is. deciding if they like it before they see it oh yeah and so what we're deciding is that we're already we already decided we liked spider-man because it had toby mcguire in it before we saw it we still haven't seen it we already know we like it and uh we already know we like doctor strange but i already know i'm gonna go see doctor strange i want i don't want to decide ahead of time that i'm gonna like it see i've already decided that i like both these movies and that's for the sole fact that doctor strange is in both of them yeah <laughs> you were one of the lucky few who missed the riot when they were live Yet here you are. I also like to live dangerously. This is the worst of the Riot Podcast. I've got a survey here, uh, a survey of 1,000 adults that says about 50% of them think that 2021 was the worst year of their lives. I, you know, as I, as I hear things like this, this is really where we weed them out, you know? What do you mean? The, the complainers from everyone else. Uh-huh. And it turns out we've got a lot of complainers around here. Uh, and I know it was a tough year for a lot of people. But you always, I mean, to say it's the worst year of your life. Yeah. It's something, tra- like a lot of traumatic things obviously have happened as of late. Yeah. But to say worst year of your life, I feel like every year, everyone's like, man, this was, was a down year. I was going to say that. They, I wish they would have included, obviously, 2020. Tw- how many 20s am I going to say? <laughs> Holy 2020. Moly. Uh, if you took a survey, if you looked back at this exact same survey last year, of course, probably way more than 50. 2020 was rough. Yeah, people would say this was the worst year. But you go back to 2019, I bet you right around 50% once again would say 2019 was the worst year of their life. You take a, a survey at the end of the year, half of people are going to say this year just sucked. Something well, you, bad happened this year. Yeah, it's the worst. Well, you think, too, like people forget. You even forget some of the great things that have happened to you this year. Uh-huh. I mean, you think about last, because the year is so long. When you think about it like last spring, year, yeah. anybody remember what they did in the spring? Nobody can remember anything they did in the spring, but there was a lot of times you were probably very happy in the spring. Even the summer, I went to concerts in the summer, had uh-huh. a good time, and it feels like so long ago. When I think about my recap of this year, yeah. I think about what I've done the past like two months. I'm uh-huh. like, well, you know, for me, I was talking about this with my roommate last night. This is one of my, my probably my favorite year. Thus far, 2021 has been a pretty fun year. It's been a great year for me personally. And then I also look at this survey and it says seven in 10 people are optimistic about 2022. So I, I get like everybody's like once think about like, man, this year was tough. But next year, yeah, I'm going to get them. And then we're going to get to next year. And they're going to be like, do you know what? This year just wasn't my year. Yeah. We're going to try again in 2023. Yeah. And it goes on and on and on. On and on and on. You just keep looking back. But maybe that's, do you think in a way that's a a good way to go through life? No. You just think, I'm going to make it better this year? I guess, you know, I guess like looking for, as long as you're optimistic. I think if you're one of the people that are like, man, this year was the worst. Next year is going to be even worse. Like that's the worst way to live life. I think the step up from that is this year was tough. Next year's going to get better. And then the next step up is, 
Well, you know, I had a pretty good year, yeah. and hopefully next year I will too. You know, be grateful for for the year that it was. The good things. Exactly, yeah. you had so many good things happen. Obviously, there was everybody has bad things that happened. Everybody has terrible things that have happened in the past couple of years. But at the same time, you got to be grateful for the happy memories you made anyway. You're right on. 2021, I think it was a good year, but you know what? That doesn't mean 2022 can't also be a good year. Yeah, every year can be a good year. It's just and, how you look at it. Yeah. So uh, just yeah, count your blessings. This is a great time to do that, isn't it? The good outweighs the bad. Yeah, you just think about all think about all you have to be grateful for. What 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 are we? It's what Christmas. We it's Christmas. You know. Yeah, we we just got to be cheery. Yeah, we can't come out with this survey two days before Christmas. That's right. Like, like we, we got to be happy. Get everybody on the same page here. Twenty twenty one. Maybe it wasn't the best year. But it wasn't the worst. Hey, it was my best year. Do you not I'll tell remember you that right now? Do you not remember? Oh my gosh, twenty twenty. To even the audacity of this yeah. survey to come out and say this was the worst year ever. They shouldn't even be asking. Twenty twenty was the worst year ever. Nothing was even open. You yeah. couldn't even go to Kroger. What are you, you talking could, about? Yeah, you you could not go in a restaurant. Uh, you didn't eat out the I entire mean, year. I'm How was this year worse? Yeah, right. You couldn't go see a movie. How was this year worse? Yeah, I don't understand. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. But here's the 2022 though. Oh, 2022. Even, even better. Maybe at the end of 2022, we'll take the survey and nobody will say it was the worst. Well, there's zero percent chance that's, that's what happened. I'm hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for too. It's- Hudson sees the glass as half empty. But get this: he thinks a glass half empty is good. The riot radio. You. Uh, Isaiah, did you see this Joe Burrow quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals? You're, you're a football fan. You probably saw this, right? Yeah, I just watched it. You just did. I just watched okay, it. Okay. So you're on top of things. Uh, he was asked, how do the Cincinnati Bengals, like they've been avoiding COVID-19 more so than other teams. We had, we had games rescheduled in the NFL this week because the Browns, the Washington football team, the Los Angeles Rams, they were they were so inundated with COVID-19 cases that they had they, they could barely field teams. So they had to reschedule games. And so uh, Joe Burrow was asking, how is it that the Bengals have been avoiding that as the virus go, uh, goes rampant across the country once again? And uh, his answer was basically, well, fortunately, there's not a lot to do in Cincinnati so we don't really have guys out and about partying and stuff like that, going to nightclubs. We're just keeping it pretty low key. So uh, that that's how we've been doing it. Yeah. This, Some people in the very city of Cincinnati are taking issue with that. What do you say? I would, I, I don't take issue. Like I, there's obviously things to do in Cincinnati. There's a lot. It's a, it's a city. Like it's a, it's a pretty big city. But compared but, to other NFL cities. Yeah. But listen here, who is Joe Burrow to say this? I know big Joe Burrow. He went to LSU and he yeah. hung out in, in New Orleans for, for two years. Yeah. Joe Burrow grew up in Athens, Ohio. You grew up in the middle of nowhere, so Ohio. So he knows. He knows what it's like to actually live where there's nothing. If he went from living in Athens, straight to Cincinnati, he'd be like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do here. Yeah. But now that he was Mr. The- <laughs> Big Shot and lived in Louisiana for yeah. what, a year and a half, he's uh-huh. like, oh, there's nothing to do here. Yeah, but there's but there's not a football team in Athens. No, there's nothing to do in Athens, Ohio. No. So for him to go from there to Cincinnati, you'd think that he would be like, there's a lot to do in Cincinnati. I know, but it's what a I'm great saying city. is in Cincinnati, Athens to Cincinnati is uh, Cincinnati to New York City or Cincinnati yeah. to Chicago. That's fair, exactly. So, so you think he'd be like, there's a lot to do here, right? No, no. What I'm saying is when you compare Athens to Cincinnati, yeah, there's not, there's way more to do in Cincinnati. Yeah. When you compare Cincinnati to Chicago or Los Angeles 
or Seattle, same or deal. Yes. Miami. There, then there's not a lot to do in Cincinnati. That's so that is true. So there, so what he's saying is correct, Bubble. and that is the key to their success, and that is why the Packers will be the most COVID nineteen free team. See, but this entire the rest of the season. There's what four teams in a market like that? Like you've got the two LA teams, uh-huh. and then you've got the two in New York teams. Outside of yeah, that, but, no, there's, there's a couple other like like Chicago, like the Bears. I guess that's a big city. I think Chicago, one, it doesn't matter because they're not going to make the playoffs anyways. But two. Uh, it's so cold in Chicago that even if there is things, nobody's going to be out doing them because it's too cold. I also, I also, I mean, when you look at the teams that recently have had COVID outbreaks, Uh, I mean, look at the Cleveland Browns. Are you guys telling me Cleveland's a top five market for partying mm, and having a good time? I don't know. I'm not too sure. Maybe it depends on the players' attitudes. Maybe it could. It could. But I think that if, uh, if good old Joe, I think he just needs to understand. Like, he can't say there's nothing new in Cincinnati and be the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. That's just a bad PR look, you man. Think he, it got, is? he needs to hype up Cincy and be like, nah. I love Cincy. Hudson, Nikki, The Riot on Radio U. It's time for a riot food fight. It is time for a riot food fight. This is a special riot food fight. I don't know if we've ever done this. Have we ever done a food? I mean, I know you and I, Isaiah, have never done this. Just a food fight, just the two of us? No. Where Nikki is not involved. Somehow Nikki always is in the food fight. Yeah, it's odd enough that it seems like she always always gets to do them. Yeah. Where I I feel like we always get to do them, too. I know. Sometimes you might think that we're the driving force behind every food fight. Not always the case. No. Nikki loves to do a food fight. Oh, Nikki loves the food fight. She loves to get in on the food fight. But today, we're doing it without her. She's on vacation. So we're making the most of it, the most of the time we have together. So what we have here is two different kinds of uh, Christmas-flavored popcorn. Which one would you like to start with, Isaiah? What what, what are our options here? What do we got? What do the bags look like here? Would you like to look at the bags? Yeah, 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 yeah. Show them the bags. The bags look cool. Uh, We've got Smart Food, uh, Mary Berry, Captain Crunch Berries popcorn. Okay. Uh, And then we have Cookie Pop popcorn. Iced gingerbread flavor. Which one do we think is going to be better of the two? Uh, I think the cookie pop. I'm yeah, I'm leaning to the cookie pop as well. So maybe I, we do the other one first. Based off of the bags, I would have thought the Captain Crunch, but what I fear is after this, opening it looks it, pretty plain. It the Captain looks like Crunch. it's just regular popcorn, and then they put crunch berries in. Which That's is just a not, poor effort. Yeah, anybody can do. You that. may be talking a little early. Maybe it tastes really good. Maybe it tastes like Captain yeah. Crunch. Let's, let's try it then. Okay. Actually, I'm going to have to stick oh. my hands in to make sure we get a mix here. Oh! Fruité. Hmm. 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 Slight. Hold on. Not aggressive. So I ate a crunch berry and the popcorn together. Oh. Let me try the popcorn on its own. That's just Slight. regular popcorn. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. That is 100%. You don't taste just... the sweetness? I do not. What I you just talking? taste smart food popcorn. Are you crazy? The crunch, I can say the it, crunch berries are doing all the work here. I think I'd rather just have a bowl of crunch berries. I don't know if the if they put extra flavoring on them, but I think the like you can see. You think it's just if you look closely, the transitive property or, or whatever. Not, but you can see those sparkles on it of the Captain nah, Crunch. That's just from being in the same bag. Yeah, so there's the crunch berries. The flavors on there. This it's is so not faint though. If you gave me this piece of popcorn, yeah. And I ate it. Uh-huh. I had no idea. I would say, oh, this is kind of a sweet piece of popcorn. You this is not regular. I disagree 100%. What? It's just regular popcorn. No. I mean, it might be just regular popcorn, but the transitiveness 
like you said, uh-huh. of the berries to that you can taste the sweetness on. I, I just think that's, you can't just put popcorn and crunch berries in a bag and call it something Shake special. It up. Yeah, you can't call that something special. You can't put a whole new branding on the bag. You've just, you haven't done anything. I'm not saying it's incredible. You just had a, a production line mix up and you're like, oh, this is a, a new flavor. It's I'm, not a new flavor. I'm not saying it's incredible, but I'm saying if I handed this piece of popcorn to a random person, yeah. they would not say it's just a regular piece of smart food popcorn. They would say, oh, there's something like kind of sweet about it. Mm, I don't Slight. know. I just, I don't Slight. think that's good enough in my S- book. Yeah, I don't think I'd it's great. I'd rather have full on really good popcorn. Yeah. Or I, just have a bowl of crunch berries. I'm not saying that I love it. All right. Well, let's move on to the gingerbread cookie pop popcorn and see how this is iced gingerbread and see. Ooh, it smells nice. This one actually has a smell. Oh, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it has a lot of smell. Mmm. Now that. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I taste aftertaste gingerbread. Mm-hmm. Yep. It really comes through at the end. You know what? That's all right. It's uh, sweet enough. It's not too amazingly sweet. It's not too ginger. Um, Aftertaste of gingerbread, for sure. During it, I taste a lot of like the sugar cookie or whatever it is. Hmm. I think that's all right. Yeah. Pretty good. This is this is a good section of the food. Yeah, it's just pretty good. There's no controversy about this. It's just fine. Yeah, it's not great. I don't think it's incredible. But I this think is, it's just good enough. This is good enough, though, that you could like you give me a cup of this, and I'm I just sitting around. I'm gonna finish it. I'm gonna slowly to finish it. Yeah. I'm gonna slowly finish. I wouldn't chomp it down. I'm right. gonna slowly finish. And this. I'm not gonna be like, oh man, this is uh, you know, I need to finish this. Give me more. Give me more. But I'll finish the bag. Yeah. So overall, solid. Um, like a six out of seven out of ten, maybe. Six I would out of say 10. seven out of ten for this one for the gingerbread. Yeah. For the for the other one, I would say like a four. Maybe, no, four if no. they're lucky. I was gonna say a three, maybe, maybe a three yeah. out of ten. This it's is not pretty, very good. It's pretty trash. Yeah. All right. I'm. Uh, I don't. I think I've got popcorn in my throat. I think I'm gonna start choking here in a second. So we've got about ten seconds yeah. until Hudson loses it. Need a sip of coffee. Tears are rolling down his face. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst of the riot podcast. Uh, Isaiah, you and I were talking. Uh, actually, it was on the show. We're talking about how for us, 2021, not a bad year, huh? Great year for me. For some people, some people, 53% of people, according to the survey, they said 2021 sucked. Bad year year ever. Uh, I think some of those people are exaggerating. But for uh, the other 47%, for the you and I's of the world. Not bad. 2021, a pretty good year. Like, we're feeling pretty good, right? Yeah. You're going into Christmas. You're excited. You're optimistic for the new year. Excited. You know, you're just feeling like you've done a lot in this past year. You're feeling like things are going pretty good. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, Isaiah, I think there's a reputation that we've given God that is God's there for if you're a loser, like, or in other words, God's there. Like if your life sucks, if things are going wrong, then that's when you need God. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but that's not the case. I mean, for sure. God is a problem solver and Jesus is able to come into your life. And if things are going wrong, he can help make them right. But he's not just that. When things are going great in your life, God wants to be there for that as well. Like Jesus actually is going through uh, life with you every single day. So Jesus sees everything that's going on with your life, and he sees when it sucks. And he also sees when when times are good, and Jesus wants to be a part of that as well. He still has something to offer you, even even if you're feeling like, I don't even need God right now. Like things are going awesome. I'm doing this all on myself. Because the truth is, 
uh, all the good stuff that comes in life, it doesn't all come on our own. Like it's not on our own backs that we're earning all of this stuff, that all of this good stuff is happening. Good stuff happens. Uh, and, and some of it's our doing. Some of it is God. Like some of it is just who even knows. But, uh, but God wants to be there for you, not just during the great times and not just during the uh, bad times, but God wants to be there for you every single day. So uh, you might be thinking, I don't, I don't really like things are going well enough. Why do I need to involve God? Because God still has stuff to give you, even when you think things are going awesome. If you're ready for that, if you want to see like, hey, what can God actually, I mean, things are going great. I can't make them go any worse, right? So why not find out what Jesus can do for you? Start talking to him. It's really as simple as saying, hey, Jesus, I want to know more about you. I want to know who you are. I want to know what you can do for me in my life. I want to, I just want to find out more about who you actually are. Start talking to God and let him talk to you. Everything you love about the riot, plus a handy dandy fast forward option. This is the worst of the riot podcast. Uh, but people are in the giving mood for the holiday season. Of course, you know, yes. You know how it is. And so in Pinellas County, Florida, we have a man, 67 years old. His name is El, uh, Richard Ellis Spurrier. Uh, relation to Steve Spurrier? We can't can be sure. We don't know. Maybe, maybe not. And uh, the former Florida football coach, of course. And uh, he was arrested, confronted by police this Saturday uh, because he was uh, out on the street handing out marijuana. Oh, so he's kind of, he's similar to like Santa. Yeah, he's uh, yeah Santa Jane. I guess Santa could, Jane. I, I was know. I was thinking That's, like just like a like a dopier version of Santa. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he's uh, a, a, and even. Uh, He's got the munchies even more than Santa does. Oh, yeah, he does. He likes the cookies even more. He does. He was, uh, he was handing out, he had uh, about 45 grams of marijuana on him, and he was just handing out, handing it out to people as they passed by. What a giving young man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you might think, uh, is that a crime? I guess it technically Possibly, is, because yes. the police did confront him, and uh, he was charged with possession of marijuana with intent to sell. Intent to sell. It seemed as if he was just handing he it was, out. Uh, he was not taking payment for that whatsoever. It Richard. seems. Uh, we need to get our story straight here. But uh, yeah, he so he has been uh, charged with possession of marijuana with intent to sell. And just as an added little bonus, they said they found a hidden sword inside his cane when they arrested what? him. What? So this is quite the Santa. Wait a minute. This is like Santa's uh, ne'er-do-well brother. Is it like a it can- like, like a candy cane? Or like <laughs> like what is what is like, this? Like you know a walking cane? A, a walking yeah. cane. Okay. But uh you know, you got to protect yourself. So he had a hidden sword inside of his cane. He's got a sword. He's What prepa- do you mean by sword? Like a cane is like a pretty typically a pretty thin thing. I'm thinking like a like a fencing type of deal. Like a mm, saber, like a saber. Really, I don't think it can the be kind that of big. Sword where you go like on guard when Defend- you pull it out. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. You know oh, what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, fencing. Uh-huh. Yes, because yeah. it's a real skinny one. Yeah, that's exactly right. See, okay, okay, yeah, like, that makes sense. Uh, like the guy from uh, Julio Inigo Montoya See, from the <laughs> Princess Bride. I was thinking like a little one. Like I was thinking like a, maybe a tiny uh, little like a dagger. Or something? Yeah, like a dagger. Well, yeah, 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 but yeah. Daggers and swords are different. Very different. So, so inside of his cane. To add in to him being kind of Santa-ish, yeah. he also had a sword with him just in case. Yeah, you don't know what's going to go down well, when, you're, when you're handing out when you're handing out marijuana. Yeah. You just never know. Sometimes people get a little bit greedy with that. But he That's was not. Right. Everybody get. Uh, if, what if you're on the naughty list? Oh, That's what do you get what then? It is. If you're on the good list, you get the marijuana. If, if you're not, on the naughty list, you get you the get, sword. Yeah. 
It's right you to the chest. The sword, baby. Right to the chest. Oh my gosh! So he's just handing it out, just a little bit for you, a little bit for you. Uh-huh. Man, what do maybe you think? a little bit for himself. Maybe a little. Maybe maybe he had already had a little bit for that's himself. Not, I'm uh, thinking that's not denoted, but I think it's fair to fair to assume. Gee, so Richard Ellis Spurrier, yeah. just I mean, he'll go down in history as a giver. He he will go down in history. Especially around Christmas time. Uh-huh. He's, uh, maybe he starts a new tradition, you know, kind of like, uh, okay, yeah. St. Nicholas is the one who, like, he, that was some guy in, like, Turkey in the 1900s or something. Yes. For Christmas. I mean, it was probably before the 1900s, several hundred years ago. And maybe, so this is the new tradition, like, generations from now, you'll look back. Why do they, why does everybody put marijuana under the tree? It's because of old St. Richard. St. Richard. St. Richard in the corner, baby. Yes, that's right. Why does it, and he, it's the guy that flies around and carries a sword. He carries a sword. St. Richard. He rides a sword. St. Saint Dick. <laughs> the worst podcast with the best listeners. This is the worst of the riot podcast. Did you know, Isaiah, that you can sue someone for uh, asking you to stop farting? No. Let's handle this maturely, by the way. No. It's, uh, I did not know that, I mean, oddly you, enough. I think you can sue for basically anything. You can, but are you going to win? Yeah. Probably not. In this case, uh, in this specific case, as in legal case, uh, no, you will not win. Oh, they did not win? They did not win. Now, of course, you know, the laws are a little different from country to country. This took place in the UK, but uh, what we have here is a senior barrister which is, I looked that up, I didn't know, never heard that term before. That's just a lawyer. Okay. This is a lawyer that worked for the Crown Prosecution Service uh, in the UK, and this lawyer sued, sued actually the Crown Prosecution Service itself because one of his colleagues asked him to stop farting. Wait, he's, what? So he, okay, so we have the the farter. And the fartee. The farter was asked to stop farting. And so that, he feels, was a violation of his dignity. Oh, so he and sued so the guy that asked sued. him that. He, yes, that's exactly right. Interesting. Because of, of embarrassment or yeah, what? Uh-huh, because it, it violated his di- dignity. And he says uh, that his repetitive flatulence was caused by medication for a heart condition. So that's, uh, that's why he said it's not in my control. You can't, I mean, maybe if I was just, you know, if I had too much Chipotle or something. Yeah, it's and different. And I was stinking up the place. Maybe uh, you could ask ask me to stop farting. I wouldn't feel so violated, but it's not my. It's a medical condition that I have, and that's causing me to fart. So you can't ask me to stop. That's like asking me to stop having a skin rash and scratching it in front of everybody. Well, I can't control that. Yeah, you can't control that. Yeah. yeah. So he didn't win the case, though. He did not. His name is uh, Tariq Muhammad. He did not win the case. Uh, the the offending colleague, by the way, the one who asked him to stop. Uh, Paul McGorry, if you're if you're keeping score here, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm reading the the uh, quote. It uh-huh. says there were repeated incidents of flatulence in the quiet room. On one occasion, Mr. McGorry asked Mr. Muhammad, "Do you have to do that, Tariq?" <laughs> and that just seemed like it just sums up the case right yeah. there. Doesn't sound like he's attacking no, him. No, that feel I, like if, as lo- if it was the tone you just used, which I feel that it probably was. Like Tariq, do you have yeah, to do, do that? You have like, to do that. You, you know, serious? just giving him a hard time. It's been this. This is the sixth it's time. What guys, do guys, what do we do? We fart and we uh, give each other a hard time about it. We've been in like, here for five minutes, Tariq. This is the seventh time yeah, you farted. It's right. dead silent. It, there's only two of us in here. We know. It, I know it's you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that this was thrown out. I'm glad to know now this is the U.K., but it sets precedent, I feel, in the United States. 
here, you and I, Isaiah, we're the only two in this room. If one of us should fart, the other one can ask. I will sue you. No, you can't. I will sue. You will lose. That's not true. Maybe in that one incident. Yeah. But for the two of us, you have no, there's no medical condition for you to be doing it. You don't know that. Well, okay. I don't have to disclose all my medical conditions. Well, I guess we'll find out the old-fashioned way (laughs) in the courtroom. I guess we will. We'll let the law settle it. We'll let the law settle it. Yeah, maybe we'll just reach a a settlement to save all of us embarrassment. Oh, yeah, it's fine. That's okay. We can do it outside. No, that's... Throw me a couple hundred. It's probably better if... If I do the other thing outside. <laughs> yeah, if you just step outside. Just That's step what he out. said he That'd asked him. He yeah. just said, could you possibly step outside to do that? Tariq said no. What do you think the problem was? Was it the smell or the or I the think sound? the obnoxiousness. Yeah, the, the noise? The, the noise. Yeah. I That's, think that would bother me more, too, honestly. Yeah, I think. I mean, if, if, you know, size of the room matters. Yeah. You know, I don't know what kind of quarters they're working in, but... At the same time, just I think that there's a little bit of yeah. the, the sound. That's that's gotta be the main just thing. Crack a window, will you? <laughs> Welcome to the riot, where you listen to us, and uh, that's it. It's pretty much a one way street. The riot radio. You. Forty eight hours from now, it will be Christmas morning, but uh, and we're all excited for it. But for everyone, it is not the most exciting day. Now, this is a uh, a survey out of the UK. Fifteen hundred British adults particularly 1,500 single British adults. Mm. And what they found was these British adults say that Christmas Day is the loneliest day of the year. It beats out Valentine's Day, they say. You know, I think Valentine's Day, I actually get that. Because Valentine's Day, if you're single, you're actually like, this is a good day to be single. Yeah, because you don't have to do all that crap. Right, you don't have to do the Valentine's Day deal. Valentine's Day is... mm, It's overblown. Yep. It's overrated. It is overrated. But Christmas, I don't know, I feel like on Christmas, like, you're with your family, there's so much fun stuff going on, Uh you're you're getting gifts, you're giving gifts, so much happiness. Yeah, but what if, here's where I understand it, though, what if you go back, uh, you, you know, you're living single, you go back home for the holidays, and all of your siblings have brought a special someone, and then there you are. All alone. All of your friends from growing up, all that they all are getting married, and there you are, all alone. Yeah, the, and mom's trying to take photos. Yeah. And he's like, okay, your everybody brother. Everybody pair up. Everybody pair up. Yeah. And then and then Johnny's like, yep, I'll, well, Johnny, we'll do a picture. Like, they're doing like couple's photos in front yeah. of the tree. Johnny, we need a picture of you. Get yeah, over here. Get over right. here. Gra- Grandma, get in there with them. Get in there with them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Let's get a picture with you and Grandma and together you instead. You go back, like on Valentine's Day, you don't have to go back and face your family. Christmas, you have to face your family. Maybe there's some pressure. Maybe there's some mm, questions. Some you know? questions happening. When am I going to get some grandbabies? Yeah. Uh, who are you, you know, you talking to anybody? I've got Just, this wonderful, wonderful yeah. woman that I could easily hook you up Trying with. It'd be, it'd be so up. great. She's I, great. Uh, outside, I mean, she's she's 27. She still has braces, but outside of that, she's <laughs> really great. Oh, you just totally nailed somebody with the I know. 27 with the braces. Come I on. know. Come on. You know what? I have braces, Lance. Okay. Yeah. Braces are, braces look good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They, you, can, you can work with them. Hey, I had them, I had them late. I had them when I was like 18 years old. Yeah. So I was like a senior in high school. I, I, was, I could get bullied for that. All yeah. right. Oh, you definitely could. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so Christmas, it's a lonely day for singles. And, uh, of course, what does this survey say you should do? Well, it's commissioned by Plenty of Fish, you know, the dating. Oh, app. yeah. Familiar. So I think they feel like you should sign up for Plenty of Fish. Oh, hey, is that what this get is? Get a jump start because you know what everybody does in the new year. It's one of the common resolutions is I'm going to get back in the dating game. I'm going to get out there. And then by Valentine's it's my Day, year. I'm going to have someone. But you could get a jump start 
if you sign up for whatever dating site or whatever, you know, particularly in this case, they want to, you want you to get in on plenty of fish. When do you think, now this is a question, because obviously Christmas is a big day. Yeah. And like, you don't want to be the only one there who like doesn't have the significant other there, you yeah. know, if all your siblings do. But how long do you have to be with like that person before you bring Ooh, him to Christmas? Before you bring him to because the let's say Christmas. Because let's say I met a girl like a month ago and I was oh. like, well, you know, we've been, we've been kind of like together for like a month and a half mm. now. There's no chance I'm bringing her to Christmas, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big step. You don't want to bring someone to Christmas and then next year bring someone new to Christmas yeah. and then next year oh, someone new be because then grandma's calling and the, yeah. the year from before they're like, oh my gosh, Ashley, you start, you're back. Oh no, this is Lindsay. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, you start to develop a reputation. Exactly. And, yeah, possibility for mix-ups. Everyone's with confused. More estranged family members. Yeah. When so when do you when do you, when do you call that? Is hmm. it like a six month thing or just is it a feel See, thing? I don't know because I was gonna say because uh, you did say a month and a half. I feel like if you were going out before Thanksgiving, that feels like enough time, maybe. But then, you, but then, yeah, you're saying we've been going out for a month. Come meet my family for Christmas. That exactly. doesn't feel like enough time. A lot of questions yeah, are coming. Like, right. oh, a lot of questions on I that don't one. No, I don't know. I don't. I guess I've been out of the dating game too long. So I, I think that you just hold off. I think if you start date, unless you start dating early fall, if you start dating early fall, yeah, then you're able to bring. But I think if you start dating, let's say. Even around Halloween, I still wouldn't come. You don't think so? I don't think I'd, it's, it's too much. I mean, it's 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 been. You probably met everyone, but I don't know. Christmas is a big yeah. thing. That's a I big think, thing. Uh, I'll, I'll say case by case, but yeah, I lean towards the longer end with you. But if it is, uh, I I think you can get away with it if things are going really well. Yeah, dynamic before, wise, and you are pre Thanksgiving. You got to be if your significant other is also like maybe a little more of an outgoing person, a fun person. Oh, maybe yeah. if they're if they're a little shy and they feel uncomfortable, you don't need to. Yeah, you don't need to put that's them through that. That's a great that. point. See see how your significant other, that's that should be that's the answer for everything. Like if you started dating me last week and I showed up and I, I'm gonna be all all You're gonna be the I'm gonna be party. fun and games. You You're know, middle you. You center the table. You exactly. drive the conversation. You can bring me and I'll show Everyone's up and have a grand gonna time. Everyone's going to get to know you. Grandpa's going to love me. You work at a radio station, I do, say. I do, I do. You can tell them with stories about how we talked to John Cooper from Skillet. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. talk to him. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm like a Z-tier famous level. Yeah, so you could bring me to your to your Christmas and yeah. I'd make it a great time. All right. Well, there, there you go. Dating advice from Isaiah himself, the Here expert. If they keep talking long enough, they're bound to say something that you agree with. The Riot with Hudson and Nikki on Radio U. Like, you, you underestimate how much people take into account the cup holders. Oh, cup when, holders are very yeah, important. That's a huge, a huge selling point on cars. They never show it in the commercials, but when you get in, the, in that car, you're going to notice that the cup holders are subpar. Yeah, and, you better uh, have them. I mean, they're an important piece. Who, Big ones. Who, who can go through life without a car with a good cup holder? I don't even know where I'd store my things. That's yeah. where I keep everything. That's right. It's not just for cups. Trash. It's for everything. <laughs> Anything you want. Coins. A- oh, coins. Yeah. Uh-huh. Chapstick. I uh, toss chapstick in there. napkins. Possibly a toothbrush. Yeah. There you go. You, you, it's, it's for everything. Well, here's the deal. We have a situation where the BMW X7, if you're the type of guy that likes a good cup holder... You don't want to get the BMW X7. Why? What? Because uh, you know it's in the name. It's supposed to hold cups. But here's the what do you what do you fill a cup with? Uh, some sort of liquid. Yes, and that's the problem. When you have a BMW X7, you run the risk of the liquid in your cup holder setting off the airbags. Now, does, someone needs fired. Like yeah. someone just needs fired. Like who? Whose idea? Why? Faulty design. Is, is faulty that what it design. is? Is it faulty it design? It has to be. They are actually, BMW, there is a lawsuit 
uh, going forward against the BMW for the X7 because their cup holders, if they get wet, and we're not talking about a spill. We're not talking about oh, you got no. your McDonald's cup, the lid doesn't stay on, and whoosh, it's everywhere. And that's going to set off the airbags, which, you know, that would just be adding insult to injury right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Already your car's all wet, and then boom, you get knocked in the head with an airbag. Nobody wants that. Oh. But what this is saying is even the condensation, you get a hot summer's day, no. you get a bottle of water, you leave it in the uh, cup holder for a few minutes, and the condensation is going to possibly set off the airbag. Why is that even connected? Like, how is that even possible? Get, I guess it must be the wiring or something, right? It's, it's just connected. Because imagine, like, when an airbag goes off, mm-hmm. like, that's essentially just getting punched in the nose. Like, yeah. people's nose bleed. They, if I'm driving down the highway, uh-huh. and number one, my airbag goes off, I'm 100% getting in an accident. Oh, 100%. You can't I'm, drive the car. I think that probably makes it so you aren't able to drive the yeah, car. Yeah, I, I mean. It probably I'm, shuts off the engine and everything. Rear-ending someone. I'm driving into the barrier. There's something yeah. bad happening. And I get punched in the nose Uh for absolutely no reason at all you know uh i learned in driving school they used to teach you to hold the uh the steering wheel at 10 and 2 right yeah uh but now they taught me and this is years ago that you're not supposed to do that because if you hold it at 10 and 2 and the airbag goes off it's gonna break your arms oh really you're like getting broken bones here i mean lots of people i think you get bruised ribs broken bones if your airbag goes off it's quite the punch and it's all just because uh you your your condensation on your water bottle if you drive a BMW X7. See, a BMW X7 sounds like a pretty nice vehicle. It looks nice in the photo. But yeah. uh, you'd think that if they put together such a nice vehicle, they'd be able to figure out the whole having a cup in your car yeah. without it setting off an airbag and yeah. causing an accident. It's a dangerous situation. Seems so. like that should have been like step one or two. Like, let's try not to have the airbag go off uh, randomly. You know, it's one of those little things that can get away from you. Yeah. But uh, car companies, I mean, they're usually, especially when it's BMW, like only the finest, right? They're, it's a refined product. Oh, they've it's, been making it's the cars greatest. For, for 100 years. Yeah. The And uh, they've got the best uh, engineers working on it, but apparently uh, those engineers... They got a blind spot. It's uh, cup holders. Yeah, you, uh, that would have been something that I, as a normal person, I would have made sure that was right. That's a focus. I know for that's you. they. They probably like. Well, we want it to be. We want the engine to have this like cool look to it and stuff. Where I would have been like, well, let's see. Are the cup holders practical? Like, do they work? Yeah. Cup right. holders are good. I that's use those every day. Buying, that's what can set us apart. Yeah, uh, for good or for bad. You got cup holders to set off airbags. I think I'm going to lean with the Mercedes. Yeah, I'm going to go another direction there. Yeah, there we go. It is. You've made it all the way to the end of the worst of the riot. This show only exists because of support from listeners like you. Find out more and help out at RadioU.com slash donate. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. 
Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 66 of the Casual Gamecast, a weekly video game podcast for the everyday gamer, brought to you by the team at Casual Game Content. And you may have noticed it's a bit more of a personal podcast this week. That's right. It is your boys, Phil and the beautiful Shane Bo, which are this week. Hello, Shane. Hello, everybody. Hello, Phil. How's it going? <laughs> I am all the better, as usual, for seeing you, my friend. That's possibly the 50 odd time i've said that to you this year anyway it is the end of the year ladies and gentlemen yes that is right with the exception of our upcoming cgc christmas party which we're going to be doing over discord and sharing with you beautiful folks as we get together and talk about the year in games me and shane wanted to get together and talk about our year in games yes that's right what is the top five video games on my list and on shane's list for the year 2021 the year of our lord 2021 <laughs> and i think it's gonna be fun i'm i'm interested to get in i'm interested to figure out what it is you picked now i think anyone could put two and two together i'm going to be putting up images of these so i have an idea of what he picked but i don't know what order they're in so you know just a bit of behind the curtain there but i we've been talking about games all year Shane. it's been 52 weeks pretty much of us talking about games so I always find this time of year interesting because I always have an idea of what you're going to pick, but mm-hmm. I'm always surprised about how they're ordered or one or two of those picks. So I'm, I'm excited to get into it. But Shane, when I say the year of 2021 in video games, what stood out to you? What what was your what's your take on this year? Was it a good year in gaming? Was it a bad year in gaming? Or, you know, when you look back in years to come, what will you remember? I think 2021 was a year of kind of... It was a stopgap year for the gaming industry. You know, there was a lot of COVID pushbacks and things like this. And it was a lot of like, okay games, some good, some bad, some okay. But a lot of mediocre, okay. Just, we need to get games out there to keep the profits rolling in, to keep the profit margins up or whatever. Churn out another Far Cry or churn out another Call of Duty, you know, just the usual generics. You say that as if, like, as if they churned out Far Cry within a year. To just I know, I, I know, I know, I know. But it felt <laughs> like there was no, there was a, some, but like it, it, it's not. Twenty twenty one is not going to be fondly remembered as in a phenomenal year of gaming. You know. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's going to go down in the annals as the best of all time, but I think it was an incredibly bountiful year. When you do look back over. Because I, 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 we had this discussion offline, yeah, you know, or or on our Discord, you know, when we were talking about what did we play this year, and I was like, you wouldn't be very surprised about what came out this year when you Google it. There was stuff on there. I was like, what this year? 
it, it was so short and yet so incredibly long at the yes, same time. Yes, I was just thinking that. that. Ever, <laughs> unless I played it in the last three months, I thought it came out last year. Yeah. You know? Um, and it was bizarre. And as I was going through it, I was going, I actually had to cull a lot of games off of my list. So we will have honorable mentions at the end, both for video games that didn't quite make the cut that came out in 2021. And for games that you know just took over our lives in 2021 that didn't necessarily release this year because i think that's important in a kind of a covid year you know we all found our comfort games or we all found something that we didn't expect to like over these last year or two and gaming is probably one of those outside of netflix binging it's probably the biggest field for that type of feels you know um so yeah with all that being said I, I'm, and just to touch base, yeah, I, I've kind of felt pretty much the same as you. It's been a weird year. But all that being said, Shane, let's dive right into it. So, if you wouldn't mind, it's the topic of the show. And that's right, ladies and gentlemen, our topic of the show this week is our personal top five video games. Uh, as per usual, we're not going to crown a, you know, best game of 2021 in any kind of category because... It's a personal thing. We didn't get to play them all. We're not professional video game journalists. We don't get codes. We play games the very same way you guys do. So we have very similar opinions to, uh, as you guys may have. And you can't play everything. Therefore, you can't have a say in everything. So this is a personal list. Shane, please, I'm sitting here with beta breath. Let us know what your personal list of top five games of 2021 is. So we're going to start out with number five. Mm-hmm. Um... And that is Hot Wheels Unleashed. Hot Wheels Unleashed, ladies and gentlemen. That's a kind of a... That's a surprising one. That was not something I would have ever thought would have made your list. Sorry. That was a belter of an arcade racer. Hmm. An absolute belter. It was just fun. There's nothing... It's not going to set the world on fire for driving mechanics. It's not going to set the world on fire for anything else but being just fun. A really fun arcade racer with jumps and tricks and, you know, drifting to get boost back in your car and all this kind of stuff. And it was Hot Wheels cars. All the cool Hot Wheels cars that you ever had as a kid and stuff were in this game. And you got to race around crazy orange track with them. And it was just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever played the Horizon DLC that's Hot Wheels team? I have not. I'm wondering what the similarities are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This was the first kind of... My first Hot Wheels racing experience, apart from playing with actual physical toys when I was a kid, um, that I had. And like like I said, like the only word that keeps coming to mind about it is fun. I have no other way to describe mm. it. Like It's a solid arcade racer. It's not the best arcade racer. There is better out there. There is Forza, of course, and other games like that. But sure, sure. It was fun. Like, you mean, you were shrunk down to the size of a Hot Wheels and you were racing through like kitchen cupboards and school classrooms and, you know construction sites and all this crazy stuff and everything was giant and you felt like a little tiny micro man amazing yeah it's just really really fun did you did it make you kind of wistful for maybe a new micro machines or something yes i remember playing a lot of micro machines as a kid like the micro machines games and stuff and i was it was i was like yeah mike but there is a micro machines game on the ps4 but i never played it um oh that's pro that's supposed to be really bad actually micro machines world tour or something like this Mm. um but it did make me, you know, I was standing off on a cliff looking at the ocean, logging for micro machines to <laughs> to return. We've all done it. We've, we've all, all done, done it. it. Yeah, we've all, of course we have. Of course we have. <laughs> but man, Hot Wheels Unleashed, a sleeper hit 
For yeah. Shane Bowes, number five of yeah. the year. Definitely, definitely. Check it out, everybody. If you like an arcade racer, I really recommend it. Number four. Um, number four is a game that I probably would have featured higher if I had finished it. Oh, interesting. But I didn't finish it. This is Returnal. <gasps> Returnal! Yeah. Of course. And you never finished it in the I end. Never oh, got ba- I never got back to finish Returnal. It's, I keep putting it on the long finger, and that finger keeps getting longer and longer and longer. <laughs> um, I'm like Pinocchio, but with a finger. Every time I go to say, every time I say I'm going to play that game, the finger gets longer. Um, Returnal. I'm just trying to suppress my. I know my and, yeah. bad jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm testing you here. I'm really <laughs> testing you. <laughs> um, no, Returnal was a game that yes, I found super difficult. I'm not gonna. I'd make no bones about that. That I found that game really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm historically not the best at shooters or being twitchy and you know I'm the kind of shooter player that likes to hide in a corner with the biggest gun with the most bullets and just fucking bah, blast everything um, yeah. but why this game features on my list is because it did a great job of showing off the new consoles like just mm, the speed at which yeah. you can move through the world all the projectiles and um stuff to, to quote another YouTuber, uh, Girlfriend Reviews, the diarrhea Christmas oh, lights, reviews. you know, the diarrhea Christmas lights that come <laughs> flooding at you in that game that show off all the like, look how many particles we can have on screen at once and Excellent. how quick you respawn and all that kind of stuff was just like, yes, okay, next gen is here in whatever capacity it can be here at the moment. And Returnal showed that off really nicely yeah yeah it definitely did um it's not on my list but it was definitely one that was very near yeah. my list and uh yeah much like you i've not finished it but that's not from a lack of wanting um i bought that amongst three other things at the time and i finished one of them and two of them i promised i'll get back to over christmas and that's one of them yeah um but it did it did it, it showed it showed me a glimpse into what we can kind of expect with the, the PS5 because there wasn't an awful lot there in that first couple of months. No, you know, no, it was a bit stark. Yes, exactly. You know, it was a yeah, bit stark yeah, in yeah. that way. And Returnal was a sort of a a, a shining beacon, beacon in the kind of beacon. empty, a beacon, and a shining, beacon, <laughs> a shining beacon in the kind of otherwise empty desert of next gen. You know, it was like, oh, there's not a whole lot else. Everything I'm playing is a PS4 game, essentially. Returnal was the first time that I picked up my PS5 controller and from the moment I started moving, I was like, oh, I like this. Mm. Oh, this feels amazing. Yeah. Um, the, the movement and the, the run and gun action is fantastic. It's actually second to none, I think, in that over shoulder third person perspective. Yeah. And it, it really kind of hooked me in terms of mechanic. And it was the first game on the PS5 to do that. So I am excited to get back into it because from a distance, you're like, what in the fuck is Returnal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it, the, the screenshots and even the trailers don't give you any justice of no. what you actually get when you get it and then when i got it i was like oh this is a house mark game or yes. whatever whoever they're called or yeah. yacht club or whoever it is yeah house mark it, it is Housemark. it, it is house mark yeah house mark yeah, went yeah. uh this is house mark going all super tree 3d fully you know proper 3d worlds rather than kind of 2d or two and a half d bullet hell kind of job that they yeah, normally like, kind of used to they went from like Alien Nation to this, didn't they? Yeah, or, yeah. Or like well, they've had a lot similar. of games in between and stuff. They've had a few more in between, but this yeah. is their big AAA push, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fair play. They they did a fantastic job. A couple of rough edges I'd like to see polished yeah. off. But yeah, yeah. like for their first triple A experience, it's humdinger. Oh yeah. Yeah, you can Absolutely. really tell that they were given a lot of time with like a PS5 dev kit or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And now they're bought by Sony, in fact, aren't they? So now they're yes. like first party out the door. They are they're under the Sony umbrella now. A big old umbrella. Mm. And never shall they escape. Anyway, Shane, moving on. Yes. Speaking of umbrellas. Number three, I think people might have already yes. guessed if I'm speaking about umbrellas, is Resident Evil 8 Village. Ooh. The, the, actually, as of today, it has been reported that this is the most completed game of 2021. Wow. That's an, inter- mm. that's an interesting factoid. Little facts. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Resident Evil uh, 8 Village features on my list. For a couple of reasons. One, it is the Resident Evil game that sort of brought me back to the Resident Evil franchise. I've been mm-hmm. a distant a fan from a distance for a while. It's been a long time since I played Resident Evil games. I think f- five or whichever kind of left a bad taste and I just sort of just ignored them for a few years, you know. A good fair, few years. Absolutely fair. Um and then I, I watched my my partner play through seven as an observer, and I was like that was really cool and interesting and fun and it's fun to see the survival horror element properly kind of back again and stuff. So then I said, you know what, screw it, I'm going to jump into it. And my God, if it wasn't the dumbest game I've ever played. But I had so <laughs> much fun playing it. Yeah, it is super, 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 super dumb. But yeah. it's so much fun. It is so much fun. Like, it is... Yeah. The dumbness is what makes... If that game was taking itself seriously, I don't think I would have enjoyed it so much. You absolutely know. not you know oh, absolutely not no yeah. no no and like i was hesitant to a degree when it was getting dumb because i love seven and i i only cleared seven like about two months before this came out yeah so like it's not like i had time to just you know to to kind of forget what seven was like i i had a very fresh in my mind and then i came into this thing and seven is so like it has its moments of levity but like it's mostly serious and very like claustrophobic and it's very like domineering and you just you don't have a moment to breathe a lot of the time and all the environments are horrible and blah 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 and then moving on to eight eight really just takes all of the best things of seven and for better or worse turns the fun factor up and i think it stands to capcom's credit whether whether it's good for the industry or not i don't know but it stands to capcom's credit that Resident Evil 7's biggest feedback was that nobody finished it. Nobody wanted to keep playing it. It was too scary. Mm-hmm. And inversely, they've accomplished that it's the most completed game of 2021 this year is their sequel. Yeah. You know, like, that says an awful lot. Like, that, that, like, I know, and when I heard that, you know, that little soundbite or whatever from IGN or wherever I read it, immediately I went, oh yeah, that makes sense. Because, like, I never wanted to stop playing that game when I was playing it. I wanted to see what the next batshit moment was going yeah. to be. You were constantly propelled through it, and it, the pacing was pretty good. You know, you were never bored. No, no, you never were. And it, like you said, Jay, you want to see the next thing. It, it's, it is the whole like the whole car crash that you can't look away from thing. But in a absolutely, but in a good way, it was a fun car crash, which is a bit of an <laughs> oxymoron, I suppose. But still, um, it was like you know, like you said. 
like you see some crazy moments they're like oh they can't top this i need to play on to see if there's something like there's no way they can top this and then they top it mm. and then yeah, something yeah. happens where like you're going to fight an enemy and they morph into some giant 60 foot tall flying monster creature that you have to you know kill and whatever and it's just like this is just insane like how did we go from seven to this how did we go from one to this actually no you know what i think eight in fairness to it it brings back the camp Mm -hmm. of the old resident evils so like seven brought back the horror yeah eight brings back the camp and now we are actually as we're actually apart from the first person perspective we're probably closer to those first three resident evil games than we've ever been yeah with eight yes i think so i think so and it's it's crazy how like because they are japanese developed games Mm -hmm. you know and a lot of the time i find when the more western a japanese developed game tries to be the worse it gets it needs to be like half western half japanese because the japanese is kind of what gives it the madness you know because they just have that is a totally different part of the world that has different tastes in pop culture and what's funny and what's not funny and all this kind of stuff and a bit of that combined with the western thing makes us go okay this is a game and a story i understand but then i get moments of what the fuck is that (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely and I think the the art direction was on point. Yeah. The uh, the RE engine, as always, was on point. And um, beautiful game. Um, the pacing, as we said, was great. The story is still a bit whatever, but at the same time, it's kind of more interesting when you get to the end of it, and you're just like, oh, they're setting up a kind of an interesting potential window for a sequel here. Yeah. Um. But you kind of do start to care a little bit more for Ethan after learning some stuff in eight, because he was just such a no face in seven. Yeah, and and then you learn some stuff and eh, it's alright. But yeah, the the main moment to moment is what you're here for, and that song. So yeah, well done, Capcom. I say in in getting what was already a great game and really making it for better or worse more compatible to the to the everyday market by making it a more fun game. Yes. Yep, absolutely. Well, that was your number three. That was my number three. Number dos, if you will. Mueva dos. <laughs> um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. <gasps> the Clank Man. The Clank Man and the Ratchet like Man. It. Yes, uh, Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> and Rift what Apart. was the other one called? What 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 was the the female Ratchet and the female Clank called? Oh, is it Sprocket or something? I think it's. No. Oh, God damn. Starts with an R. I thought. R I V. Oh, Rivet. Rivet and mm. fucking Rivet and. Oh, I'm terrible. I can't remember the, bar- I can't remember the robot's <laughs> for, name. For either. a game that's number two actually, on my list. That, like. That's like a minor spoiler anyway. So, like, well, let's <laughs> yeah. move on. But yeah. For a yeah. game that's number two on my list, you think I'd remember. <laughs> um, this comes back to the um, Hot Wheels school of game design of it is just fun. Really, really fun. And do you know what I like about Ratchet & Clank as well? In a sea of every game needs to be 5,000 hours long and have you a reason to to be the only game you play for the rest of your life, Ratchet & Clank was very much a, here is an experience. You have a beginning, middle, and an end. You get to the end. There's the option to play it on a harder difficulty to unlock some achievements. But if not, you have seen all there is to see. Good luck. Out the gap. Enjoy. Peace out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And... You gotta love them for it, like, yeah. You know, it made the game 
a better experience just to have that succinct start to end it's it's what's it i think it was like was it 11 hours or something in, in that ballpark yeah but like even as you got closer and closer to it it was like you were unlocking things it's like hey do you want to just like you know see everything hey do you want like an ability that just unlocks things for you mm -hmm. and like we're not going to stop you from getting trophies you just do that if you're if, if your time is more valuable spent elsewhere we don't want to restrict you from seeing the rest of the game yeah you know so there, there was a lot of these things as well so you could make an even shorter experience if you wanted to and not suffer any penalty exactly that's i i commend insomniac for that and i absolutely i commend them for just making a fun linear experience i like that every now and then like i said i don't need every game to be the world's biggest map that tries to make me spend like five thousand hours in their game by visiting every mm. little blip and detail and the inverse effect of that is i did spend that time to find everything and platinum that game yeah and i never do that yeah. i never do that and it's the game that goes out of its way to make that not necessary yeah that made me passionate to do it yeah it's kind of like oh you don't want me to platinum your game fine well i'll platinum your game <laughs> and it wasn't even that it wasn't ever that it was fight it was just like they made it fun yeah they you did know? they did they did they make made it, fun. it really fun i find and they made it easy i find platinum in games and trophy hunting can be a chore it can. Absolutely. It can be yeah, laborious, yeah. completely laborious. So fair play again to Insomniac for making it an, a worthwhile endeavor. I do... This Ratchet & Clank was that game that I really wrestled with for my number five spot. It didn't make it, uh, <laughs> just so <laughs> you know. But it's like number six on my list for this year. And it was a game I got free, well, with bundled with my PS5 this year. Yeah. And it was my first PS5 experience after Astro's Playroom, um, which released last year, so it doesn't yes. count. But it really just blew, like what we were talking about earlier with Returnal. Like Returnal feels better to control, I feel, but Ratchet & Clank's not far behind it. Nope. And in terms of just the visuals and the transitions and... Yeah, in practice, those like, you know, rifts bringing you from world to world are kind of more, you can kind of see the gears turning a little bit more when it's in your hands and you go mm. like, okay, that's not quite as impressive as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But it's still really impressive. Yeah. Um, You know, especially in those levels where you're able to just switch back and forth by hitting a screw or whatever, and you're kind of like collecting orbs mm -hmm. or whatever, and you're just seeing the destroyed world and the real world back and forth, back and forth. Um, They're pretty cool. And it really just kind of felt like, oh, this is an example of what a PS5 game is. Because it never yeah. came out on PS4. Nope. You know, they had full range to just go like, well, what can we pull out of the PS5? And considering this is like the first game, I think, one of it, if not the first game to do that on that platform. Imagine what games after five years of the PS5 yeah. being around and people like Naughty Dog being allowed to just focus on that PS5 will be able to do. I'm, I'm excited to look at that as our first benchmark and move forward, you know? Yeah, me too. Me too. I like that. I like looking at early console games and going, if someone can achieve this now by the time, by the end of this console's life cycle. And I always use Naughty Dog as an example. When you look at what Naughty Dog pulled out of a PS3 with The Last of Us, mm -hmm. you know? And, Absolutely. And then you give them, like, say all you will about Last of Us 2, but, like, that game is stunningly beautiful. You know, and, oh, yeah. and that's oh, yeah. right at the end of the PS4 life cycle. So whatever hits at the end of the PS5 life cycle is going to be just like, oh my God, 
you know, I'm just going to be, I, and I'm looking forward to that day. It'll be a sad day because, you know, it's it's always sad saying goodbye to the life cycle of console, moving on to the next one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's fun to see and what's next. It is fun. And I think, like, you know, obviously every generation, we always feel the same way and we say it can never get more real. But we are crossing, we're crossing, crossing the threshold um, from the Uncanny Valley into, like, actually AI-driven photorealistic graphics. Mm -hmm. Like, if you look at what, like, top end PCs can do yeah um, and if you look at that Unreal Engine 5 demo and just look at what you know those two things coming together could potentially do I think that this console generation is probably and at the end of this console generation is probably going to be the last example of that looks almost realistic barely not realistic and then we're just going to cross the threshold completely in the next generation where yeah. it's just going to be, is that Keanu Reeves in my city? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> but yeah, Ratchet and Clank, uh, a fantastic game. If you have a PS5, maybe wait before buying it. I guarantee you that will be really cheap in the January sales. Mm -hmm. And if not, Ratchet and Clank games don't really hold their value that well in a CEX or in GameStops or whatever. So like, you'll probably pick it up for 15 quid somewhere during the year but make sure you play it whether yeah. you get it at Christmas or not it's a great game it's definitely worth playing definitely absolutely so then Shane please play the drum roll if you wouldn't mind because we are getting to your number one and lay it on <laughs> us my number one for this year is Hades <gasps> Hades a controversial pick because of course Hades is not a technically 2021 game but it also kind of is. It's a 2021 game to me because I played it on the PS5 and it released on the PS5 in 2021. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, PC and Switch in 2020 Yep. and everywhere else on 2021 and yep. even though I uh, actually bought it on the Switch on launch, I was waiting until I beat the other games from that same publisher and then I get to it and I didn't get to it until this year and it was on Game Pass by that point so I also played the next gen version first Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I feel your pain but Shane tell me why is Hades on your list? Hades was a Hades came out of nowhere for me like I, I mm. from 2020 I'd heard all the hype and the talk and the, you know everyone was giving it game of the year this and awards that and all the stuff well deserved don't get me wrong but I was like ah oh, cool yeah I'll it's one of those things I'll get around to or once again put on the long finger and never play yeah. and then a friend was like here I have Hades borrowed played stop wasting your life and just play Hades so Do I did now. yes so I did and I was like damn this is a good game absolutely really absolutely. good absolutely absolutely solid across the board voice acting storytelling art style gameplay controls mechanics absolutely like just unbelievable and i enjoyed every minute with it and i never i never felt like i was being punished too much with it being a roguelike you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is yep. great because i find with roguelike sometimes i find the punishment too severe for failing but with hades i never felt that way i always felt like i was progressing and getting a little bit stronger to tackle the challenge and get a little bit further every time yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And like, I can completely reflect your feelings because I played through it as well uh, this year. And I didn't, I, I had it on my big laundry list of games for this year. And then I took it off because I felt bad because it came out the year previous. But I, I, I had to wrestle with myself on that because like you, 
I didn't play it until this year, and the version I played wasn't out until this year, yeah. so I think it's a completely valid choice. Yeah. But I just looked at all the other games that I would have to cut one from, and I just couldn't justify it. But it was it was right up there. It was like it it really is on the top of my honorable mentions list uh, because Hades is phenomenal. Yeah. It's oh, it's so good. Like the every single piece of direction in it is on point. There is nothing wrong with this game <laughs> yes do you know there's, that, there's, there's nothing i can point at and go ah they could have done better like nope. you know and it's 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 really like a 10 out of 10 in terms of what is a video game 80s yeah you know exactly exactly if if there was if you were to be studying video games in college or whatever you know I would and I was a lecturer I would definitely on the power powerpoint projector or whatever would be some Hades for sure give me some Hades <laughs> um so did you get all the endings get to the very end all that stuff I did not I didn't do that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie and say I did I did not there's no point in telling you otherwise mm-hmm. I drifted off and started playing something else but I seen a hell of a lot of that game and I got to the end a hell of a lot of times so as far yeah, you as don't, you don't have to get to the very very end of something for it to be your favorite exactly exactly yeah. and as far as i'm concerned um i played enough to know to put it number one you know what i mean i played enough to know that it's number oh, one yeah. list, you know and the fact that it kind of even though i knew there was lots of hype around it for me it's still in terms of what i'm into it came out of nowhere and surprised me yeah 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 i get that i get yeah. that yeah i can't disagree with you either i think that it's 100 if it's on your list at all yeah for this year i think it deserves to be number one because it, it definitely is the the best crafted video game i mm-hmm. have played probably ever yeah <laughs> so yeah that's that's the hot take here i guess um awesome so that has been your top five so to recap i believe it was and correct me if i'm wrong hot wheels mm-hmm. at number five yeah Number four was Returnal. Yeah. Number three, Resident Evil Village. Yeah. Number two, Ratchet and Clank, A Rift Apart. Yep. And at number one, as you can see in the video above me, and as you've heard in the audio, Hades. That's the one. Um, That is that is a solid five. That yep. is a solid, solid five. If you, ladies and gentlemen at home, have a PS5 in particular, you have access to all of those video games and if you bought any or all of them you're going to have a fun ass Christmas um but yeah with that we'll be take a really really quick break yeah and then we'll come back and I'll give you mine let's do it alright sweet so if you wouldn't mind play that thing care has the power to bring kindness where it's needed it brings out the best in every one of us it doesn't just see people it takes time to understand them It puts the needs of others ahead of its own. And when you start with care, you end up with a very different kind of bank. Truist. Truist Bank, member FDIC. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sickbed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. Hey there. 
If you want to keep up with all things casual game content, you can do so in a number of ways. The easiest way to do so is to follow us on all of our socials at Casual Game Co. Not content because you only get 15 characters, but hey, what can you do? At Casual Game Co. That's at C-A-S-U-A-L-G-A-M-E-C-O. Can't be any simpler than that on Twitter, on Instagram and on Facebook. And when you're at Facebook, look for the group, the Casual Game Community. It's a good bunch. We're going to love you. Come on by. If you could do us a massive favor, like the podcast, review the podcast, and just tell a friend about the podcast. It goes a long way. And you can find all of our content on podcast forms, wherever you get your podcasts, by searching for Casual Game Cast. Thanks again for all of your help and all of your support. It means the absolute world to us. Now, back to the show. And, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. So, we got Shane's top five of 2021. Mm-hmm. And it was quite the top five, if I do say so myself. But are you ready for my top five? Uh, no, I think we've heard enough, Phil. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. All the best. <laughs> <laughs> Stay casual, all that good stuff. Yeah. So, no, in all seriousness, let's jump into my top five of this year and surprisingly little crossover i thought that there would be more mm. um but then i kind of realized that i think game pass yeah really makes a big difference between me and you yes <laughs> so, i think so i think so <laughs> there's so many experiences that were just there for me day one that i probably would have never bought yeah i played them and i loved them as a result and i've i've so many honorable mentions as a result um so i won't really dive into any of them i'm just going to list them off um when it comes to it but you can see in this list immediately where Game Pass came in. Um, right, so, first and foremost, my number five for 2021. And this is a game that I forgot came out in 2021. And I think it's probably one of the best like games as a service or games as a whole that was ever kind of made uh, because it's so up my alley. And it brought its entire lineage with it as it came along. And that game, ladies and gentlemen, is Hitman 3. Oh, yeah. Hitman. Hitman 3 came out in January or February of this year. Yeah. And it is great. Now, I will I will temper my knowledge of, the, of this specific Hitman 3 a little bit because I'm only about halfway through Hitman 3 because when I downloaded it, I downloaded it and I applied Hitman 2 and Hitman 1 to it. And in doing that, you get all the visual upgrades from 3 applied to the first two games. And you get all that content. So, of course, I played it all again. Yeah. And I played through 1 and 2 and half of 3. And then other things came out and I'd been spending 3 or 4 weeks on Hitman at that point. So I was like, okay, it's time to move on. But I do need to go back to it. And it is great. It's so good. The improvements that they brought in from Hitman 2... And then added here in Hitman 3. It's fantastic. Yeah. And it looks so good on the new console. Like, it really does. Um, being able to play the old content with all that, like, ray tracing type stuff and all of the new gadgets and stuff like that, you can bring them into the old levels. Some of them completely break the levels and it's hilarious. Yeah. You know? But it, it, you can do it. And it's so wonderful. This game, the little game that could, like, that first one came out it was episodic and nobody really played it apart from people in the know yeah and people weren't sure whether they were ever going to make a second one they made a second one and they had all those licensing disputes and what have you and people were like I don't know will we ever get a third one they make a third one and it's fantastic and you can play all of them in it yeah 
I think it's it's just a masterful piece of work and I'm a little bit disappointed to hear that you know there's no Hitman 4 in the cards just yet yeah but we do have a James Bond coming from that team so hopefully hopefully we'll it was a stroke of genius adding 1 and 2 into 3 like with all the upgrades and having it as one big complete game that you can just dick around in and throw briefcases at people and you know whatever it is you want to do I often see gifts everywhere of just people like clobbering people with briefcases and it's hilarious it's the best it's the best like you know just finding a pineapple and just using that as your murder tool is is just the best you know yeah Um, it is an infinite game as well you know like not only are you able to bring in three games worth of content into one and keep an eye out over Christmas this game will be on sale and two ones before that are always on sale for super cheap and that's like Think of that like a 5 and 10 euro piece of DLC that adds an entire game into your game. Seriously, if you've not played these games, you owe it to yourself to try them or to at least buy them because one of these days you're going to be into playing this. They're that good. Um, but yeah, because you can kind of make your own fun in there and because they keep making random challenges and stuff, you could just buy that game and never buy another one on your Xbox again and you would be pretty happy. Yeah. You know? Definitely. <clears throat> Excuse me. But that is my top my number five of my top five but to get hitman out of the way i had to get give it a call out just because it was so good like that's why i was like wrestling with my number five yeah i get you i I get you i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't give hitman the chop i just couldn't um but my number four was a game that i did not think i would see this year and that is excuse me i have to cough (coughs) i'm very sorry is metroid prime or metroid dread even mm, yes metroid to see because i don't own one like the nintendo never even occurred to me to pop up here in this anything from nintendo never occurred to me to pop up here from either of us um absolutely yeah yeah jesus yeah i never i forgot all about metroid yeah you were you loved that game like any podcasts any things we were talking about when you were playing metroid was you could not stop talking about how awesome it was it's great yeah, yeah. it's it's the return of the mac like it yeah. is so good um being a direct sequel from fusion which is like a game boy advance game which is nuts to think about like it just hit all the notes it needed to it modernized it where it needed to but it stayed truthful to what it was some might say in a kind of an archaic way i say that's exactly what we wanted and yeah it's it's just great it's super fun it did really well yeah at least in the early days of sales and I hope that this is a bright future for the Metroid series because not only is that a series that deserves to come out, you know, every couple of years, but the team behind Dread in particular were the ones that did the uh, remake of 2 on the 3DS. And I think they did Federation Force, that terrible 3DS game before that. And their 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 pedigree is just getting better and better yeah. as these games go on. And this is just an example of, oh boy, this is a Spanish <laughs> dev team that needs to be bought by Nintendo if they haven't already been now yeah um, this is a top tier uh, in my eyes Nintendo exclusive and I'm just so happy that Samus is back yeah I think you and a lot of people are happy that Samus is back not just you I think a lot a lot of people are happy that Samus is back and it gives everyone hope for is it 4 or Prime 4 or whatever Prime 4 Prime yeah. 4 yeah I think it gives everyone yeah. a lot of hope for that even though it's a different dev team I think it still gives people hope absolutely and it must have been hilarious for like fathers and mothers all over the world to explain to their children 
why the character from Smash Brothers has their own game now on the Switch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, you know, that whole thing of, um, you know, when I was a kid, there was a Metroid game and Samus and all this, and they're just like, yeah, yeah, shut up, old man. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The, the next time we can look forward to that is, you know, crossing our fingers, should we ever get another decent Star Fox game? Yes. And then that same conversation needs to be struck up again. Uh, but yeah it, it, it's great um if you have access to a nintendo switch do go out and get that that 100 will be reduced in the january sales so get out there and get it it is super super good and it really works well on that small switch screen because it, they did design it like a gba game in yes. a lot of ways absolutely and that is that so i'm looking down at my notes because i don't know what to stop my head <laughs> I, had to, I had to do um, something <laughs> so my number three, my Nueva Tres, is the same as yours, would you believe? And that is Resident Evil Village. Ah, Village. I had a feeling there would be crossover. I didn't know it would be the exact same number. It's the only crossover mm. and it's the exact same number. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Village hit us both, obviously, right in the middle of our appreciation levels. <laughs> we knew it had to be on our list. It wasn't our top. It wasn't our worst. It was right in the middle. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, for all the reasons I said when you were talking about Village, um, it deserved to be on the list. It is just phenomenally fun, you know, and it's definitely the first game I cleared this year because it came out in February, I believe. And it's the first game I couldn't put down. Yeah. You know, and for that reason alone, it's my number three. And I won't wax poetic about it anymore because we've already talked. Yeah. Okay. Okay, dokie, moving swiftly on. So, my number two of 2021 is a recent edition, one that the multiplayer got shadow dropped <laughs> very recently, and the campaign came out even more recently, and I have not been able to put down the multiplayer, is Halo Infinite. I won my own, it my own little game fantastic. that I had going on in my head. <laughs> I had a little game going where I'm guessing, like, <laughs> What's his number two? And then I guessed Halo Infinite. And then you said Halo Infinite. Ah. I win. Hooray. Get your bingo cards out, folks. Yes. If you had Halo Infinite at number two, put that X in there. Um, anyway, sorry. Go yes. ahead. Yes, I'm stealing your thunder. No, you're good. You're good. That thunder is there to be shared, my friend. <laughs> um, Halo Infinite. It is fantastic. Um, the campaign I'm only about halfway through on, and I don't know if it's 100% for me. It's still fun. Yeah. I think it'd be more fun with people. I know people who love Halo that are going, this is the best. Yeah. And I'm really excited for them. But for me, it's like, it's like an eight out of 10 campaign for me. Uh, whereas it's an 11 out of 10 for them. Yeah. But I know that if I can play it with them, it will be that 11 for me too. But the thing I'm here for is that multiplayer. That multiplayer, like any Call of Duty or whatever, you're there for the multiplayer. And it is fucking solid. Nice. It is so good. Um, As I said to you before, it is very similar vibes to the excitement I felt when I was playing Modern Warfare 2 back in the day. I'm wanting to get on. I'm wanting to get my unlocks. I'm wanting to do my challenges. I'm wanting to just keep grinding and get, get in there. And the moment to moment of doing that is super fun. Could they do it a bit better? Yes. Is their structure kind of bad in terms of, you know, getting users in there and retention policies and, oh yeah, if you come in this week, you get this stuff and then we're going to like gatekeep you from it for three weeks until you can get the next set of stuff. And, yeah. you know, they're, they're doing a lot of kind of like weird choices that way that's clearly, okay, well, let's just keep the servers, you know, heavily populated by doing this thing this week and this thing that week and whatever. And as somebody that just wants to grind it all out in one sitting, it's annoying as hell. Yeah. 
But that being said, the game that it's all wrapping around is just on point. It's super, super good. If you didn't care about any of that stuff and you just want to get in there and shoot some boys with your friends for free, mm -hmm. you can do that. And it's Halo Infinite. It's fantastic. Savage. That does sound great. And as someone who's not a huge Halo fan, never has been, like, you know, I don't care much for Halo. Me neither. I but at the same time, I am so glad for Halo fans that Halo is on the up and up again because, like, it was rocky there for a while and Halo fans were a bit like, oh, is our beloved franchise just falling deeper into a black hole? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's nice in one sense because they're going back to what they know. They're bringing back the old type enemies everybody's familiar with and it's a very familiar experience in that way. And then in another way, it's a more personal story that's been told in the campaign and it's an open world-esque type situation and even though I have my kind of you know niggles with it I think that is definitely an improvement over the last couple of games from my understanding yeah and it is the direction that game should go yeah so this is a great first step out the door for that and I'm so happy that they took it back for like a year and released it in this state because I can only imagine what it would have been like to get the same game a year ago you know because this was meant to launch with the with the xbox yes i do remember you know? yes. and, and this is a full year later yeah um which is an amazing amount of time to get for a first party you know pushback especially for a flagship game yes and i'm just so happy that they took that time and should just cyberpunk you know cd project red any other companies out there look at halo let halo be your example yes tell your stockholders to just go fuck themselves yeah <laughs> this yeah. is what you need to do a delayed you know? game is a better game absolutely absolutely a good experience tomorrow is a better than a shite experience today exactly uh the curse filter is really after wearing off on me hasn't it? <laughs> anyway with all that being said that was my number two let's go straight into my number one please hold all dad jokes until the end so Number one this year is a game that really surprised me. Um, it was a game that kind of came out of left field. I didn't pick it up immediately. I slept on it. I eventually picked it up because I heard so many people on podcasts around the world whose opinions align pretty closely with mine saying that this is amazing. It's one of the best in a genre, not only this year, but of all time. And it is just an experience not to be missed if you are into that genre of games. That is, ladies and gentlemen, Tales of Arise. Wow. Tales of Arise is a phenomenal RPG. It is so good. With a million guesses and a gun to my head, I would have never said that Tales of Arise was going to be your number one. <laughs> what would have been your guess? I, go I thought Forza was going to make an appearance in there. I really did. Maybe so not maybe I, not number yeah. one. I thought maybe I thought one of the Xbox exclusives was going to be your number one. Maybe not Forza, maybe Halo, but I really mm -hmm. thought it was going to make an appearance in the top five, and I'm shocked that it hasn't. And I'm shocked that Tales of Arise has just popped in out of the blue here. Like that that has even caught me out of left field, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um Forza is in my honorable mentions and it was quite high, but I'm not the biggest driving game guy, so once okay. I get over the initial uh, wow of the game I don't really stick around much longer I it's get you just, yeah. I can appreciate it from afar but it's not it's never going to be my top five right you know? 
Um, it would have to do something quite drastic for that to happen. But for you, absolutely, I could see that being your number one. Yeah, you know, of course. But, but for me personally, it just it's just not um, top five material. But Tales of Rise is, and that's because it's a game that I'm still playing, um, and I've been playing for months now, on and off. And I just love coming back to it every time I do. The animation is outstanding. The story, for what it is, it's like a high fantasy kind of anime stuff, but not really like over the top. It's it's not like sexualized in any way, really. It's like it's rounded-ish anime. Um, is is it gets really interesting the more and more you play it. It's kind of like at first you're kind of like oh, okay, but then as you get into it, it's like oh, they're actually playing with some interesting concepts here. I can get into this. Um, the battle system is fantastic. You get um, you eventually open up six people in your party, each one of them having different uh, abilities yeah. and different specialities, and you control them directly, like a Devil May Cry type situation. And you can switch between any one of the six at any time, and you can use and command all six of them at once whilst you're controlling one of them. Um, and it is just they layer and layer and layer and layer on mechanics as you're playing through the game, and at no point was I feeling that was tedious. It was like it gave me enough time with the new mechanic to get it and apply it to my arsenal and then the next thing came around and then I might not play this game for like two weeks when playing something else and I'll come back and I remember it all because it's really masterfully done like it's laid out in such a fantastic way and it all comes back to immediately Uh, kind of like The Witcher 3 I find when I go back to The Witcher 3 I just go immediately I know what all the buttons are this has that same feeling yeah Um, but with all that being said Tales is a series that has never done fantastic in the West. Um, I think Tales of not Fantasia, but there was one on the 360, which the name is escaping me now. Uh, but that game was kind of the breakout hit for Tales in the West, and then it kind of went away again. Like they're, they've always been kind of you know not rock steady in terms of their quality of RPGs. No, they, they keep wanting to be the next Final Fantasy killer, but they keep stumbling at the block yeah this here has just get out of here final fantasy i don't even care for 16 i don't i don't even want to look at you my friend because i know it's not going to be as good as this yeah this is top class rpg if you have any inclination for animation if you have any inclination for music music is so good uh if you have any inclination for rpg systems and or if you have any inclination for action hack and slash battle systems any of those things or all of those things play this goddamn game it is criminally overlooked in the gaming media I find and it is just chef's kiss excellent yeah I I know you recommended me to play this you did and it's one of those things where I'll keep going yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah no matter I'll play that yeah, yeah. and I probably never will <laughs> but I'm glad that it's a JRPG that's strong enough to warrant a recommendation to me knowing mm. even though i'm a huge like you know souls fan and stuff which are japanese developed games they are not jrpgs essentially they're very different and jrpgs is not normally a genre i gel with or bother with mm-hmm. at all so for you to recommend it to me knowing it's jrpg it must be good oh no it's that good like and that's that's why i'm saying is that like i know I would never recommend a Final Fantasy to you or like, yeah. you know, something of that ilk for, for folks that aren't quite up on what the RPG means. Like that type of game I know isn't your thing, 
but I know that you would find enough to like in this that you mm -hmm. would get into it. And the more you get into it, the more you fall into it. Yes. You know, it's it's just, it's one of those. It's one of those. But yeah, um, fantastic turnaround. And I want to say that's the kind of team for this year for me is, you know, the question I asked you at the beginning was like, you know, what does this year resound to you? Uh, to me, it resounds the, the era of the comeback. Yeah. The era of the old um, game developers coming back into their stride. You know, you have Resident Evil Village, which is just Resident Evil's back, baby. Um, and I know it was with Seven, but it, it's clearly after doing better than that again. Yeah. Um, you have, of course, uh, Halo. You know, like, so Halo's back in a big way. Now, 343 are, you know, Bungie. But at the same time, they were struggling and bang here we mm -hmm. go again uh tales of rise again another company that was just not hitting the mark and bang they've really just hit it off and there's numerous 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 other um examples of that throughout the year and even in the industry such as game pass and all the rest yeah. of this type of stuff like it has been the year of people having the ability and the excuse to delay something for as long as they needed to do it because nobody cared because at the end of the day we all understand it for yeah. the first time ever and we ended up with like a lot of bangers because of that extra couple of months that every developer or company got and uh, I personally am very thankful for that yes me too me too I'm glad that in this day and age now like it's the one positive of COVID I suppose like you said that a game developer can delay their game and you don't have screaming fans and horrible toxic fandoms going oh why are you delaying it I want the game now they can go oh yeah cool yeah no problem that's we understand you know the world is absolutely effed right now so yes yes and hopefully that hopefully that mentality keeps going I, that we, we don't forget what that's like you know fingers crossed everybody fingers crossed <laughs> but with that that has been my top five of uh 2021 and just to recap on that that was number five hitman 3 number four metroid dread number three resident evil village number two halo infinite and number one tales of arise a shocker to shane he is still aghast he is still mouth open to any of the audio listeners at home <laughs> oh my god we can throw a soccer ball in there ladies and gentlemen um but yes with all that being said that has been our two top five so before we depart and we won't stay here long because i know shane you have got to pack up that sleigh you've got to put all of those bows on those presents before the night is done and you can fly around the world and i, I i'm just losing track of this <laughs> let's dive in really quickly and just list off any uh, honorable mentions shall we do you want to start yeah so i have four three and a half because one i'm a little iffy on whether i actually played it this year or not because the last two years have been a blur of everything um okay first of all far cry 6 not the greatest game in the world, but did exactly what I wanted from it. It was dumb and fun, and I could switch off my brain and kill things. That's all I wanted from that game, and I got it. Yeah, completely can see why that wouldn't be on your top five. Yes. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, because I only played it this year. And one of mine as well, in yeah. terms of the only playing it this year, yeah. Yes, and it pulled me back into kind of Assassin's Creed for the first time in a long time. And I really enjoyed it, had a ton of fun, and I'd recommend anyone give it a try. I think it's great crack. Um, my other is I jumped back into No Man's Sky this year with all its magical, wonderful updates and everything that went along with it. All its me too doodads and bells and whistles and everything. And that game has come on leaps and bounds, and it is a savage, savage survival sandbox builder, creator, explorer, all the genres smashed together. Yes, game. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a great forever game. You you spent like so long. Oh, the I, got, of the year. I got so lost. <laughs> um, the anyway. other one is because I know I played this game during a lockdown because we've had many of those in Ireland. I don't remember whether it was a lockdown this year or last year that I played Hollow, okay. Hollow Knight. I think that was this year. I think so. And then, but that was why I said like three and a half because the half is not sure. <laughs> but Hollow Knight was one of those ones that like it's a Souls like Metroidvania. Really fun, really challenging. That game frustrated me to no end, but I kept coming back. And mm -hmm. I think I showed, shows the mark of a good game that even though it was because it's difficult and it was frustrating me and I was finding it really hard, I kept like coming home from work and going, no, I'm turning on Hollow Knight. I'm giving it another go. I can do it. And I had a really yes. good time playing. Yeah, because when we started this podcast, you had mentioned that you tried Hollow Knight, but you didn't like it or something. Mm. Or those, those 2D Dark Souls are not normally for me are not normally your thing yeah. yeah and I think wasn't it this year then you kind of broke through to yes. the other side as uh, Jim Morrison would say um, and that's your honourable mentions they're my honourable right? mentions that's all of my honourable mm. mentions very succinct now I'm going to do this in two parts I'm just going to list off with no commentary the games that came out in 2021 that I considered for my top 5 that didn't quite make the cut okay um, so first of all Forza Horizon 5 as we mentioned and then we have Monster Hunter Rise, an awesome Monster Hunter on a handheld, and it is probably still the best looking game on the Switch. Mass Effect Trilogy, um, that remaster did come out. I only played through the first one because, you know, time is short on this planet. Um, but I do plan eventually to play through all three of them. And when that itch comes, I will jump into two in that. So it's great to have it. Um, the Ascent. That was that Xbox exclusive. Uh, Hades again was one of mine. Um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Ah, yes. That was this year. Yeah. Uh, and also, because it was my first time playing it and it was technically a release, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. Yes. Um, a fantastic game. I was a little bit lacking. I got kind of bored with it towards the end. But I can see why it gets all the love and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, very beautiful, yeah. Beautiful. Now, the only two honorable mentions for games that I played this year that were not this year released and there has been a lot of them oh sorry one last thing actually in the ones that were released this year is unpacking unpacking is a fantastic game that plays with ludonarrative dissonance in game pass go play it if you have it it's such a good thing i won't ruin it for you just go play it um but the two games that i played this year that weren't released this year that i came back to really is number one pokemon yellow never played it before played red and blue when i was a kid and I went straight into the other generations and then I fell off the series. And lately I've just wanted something to play in bed. Yeah. And I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Yellow over the course of the last couple of weeks and months. And I just realized, oh, this is actually secretly the best Pokemon game. Like it's <laughs> it's the original like one that you're nostalgic for. But it takes a lot of the crap about red and blue and it got rid of it and it kind of refined it a little bit. Yeah. It made all the imagery a lot closer to the cartoon that you're you remember. You have a Pikachu following you, which is cute enough, but you you pick up all of the starters really early on, like Charmander and Bulbasaur and all that, which you can't do in the other two. Exactly. And it's just a it's just a great experience. It's like, do you remember that one that you're really nostalgic for and you played for half an hour and you kind of go, actually, it's not as good as I remember. This is the one that is as good as you remember. So I highly recommend it. And the other one is Fallout 4. Fallout 4 is a game I have had a trouble pass with. And this year I decided I want something that I can just plug away at all the time and just, you know, play it on the level it wants me to play it on rather the tip here Shane 
it's a terrible Fallout game, mm-hmm. but it's a great game. Yeah. And if you if you play it on its own merits, yeah, and just soak in the atmosphere and play the base building and all that, it's great. And I really do appreciate that I had the opportunity over lockdown to kind of revisit it. But that is all of my honorable mentions. Now, the one last thing I will say to you, you the listener, and you the watcher at home is what are your top five video games of 2021 i want to see all of them i want you to put them in the comments wherever you find this if we don't see those comments that's just because this podcast is everywhere so do us a favor and go to our socials look for at casual game code wherever you are in social media land whether that's facebook whether that's uh, instagram twitter or whatever you'll find us there drop us a comment on those that's where it is easiest for us to see you but especially easy is in our discord which is the, there is a link i should say down below and our facebook group the casual game community it's a good bunch come over we're gonna love you but with all that let's wrap this one up shane it has been an absolute pleasure and an honor to be podcasting with you again yes, for the last 52 weeks or what have, yeah. whatever it's been. It's been mm-hmm. a while, right? It has. It's been crazy. It's been fun. There's been ups. There's been downs. There's been good games, bad games, indifferent games. It's been wonderful. Mm-hmm. I like talking about games. <laughs> <laughs> and may we talk for many years to come. Yes. Who knows? Anyway, with all that being said, I've been Phil. He's been Shane. Uh, take care. Stay safe. Most of all, stay casual. Bye. Bye-bye. Care has the power to bring kindness where it's needed. It brings out the best in every one of us. It doesn't just see people. It takes time to understand them. It puts the needs of others ahead of its own. And when you start with care, you end up with a very different kind of bank. Truist. Truist Bank, member FDIC. When you're sick... Every minute counts, so don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review.
Georgia drivers take pride in their cars because your car is important to you. It gets you back and forth every day, helping you connect with family and friends, getting you to work, to the store, and the football game. Protect the vehicle that protects you with dependable coverage from an insurance company that's known for keeping its promises. Georgia Farm Bureau Insurance, right here in your community. Learn more at gfbinsurance.com. Every manager in FPL liked football a lot, but the panel of the FF pod did not. The panel hated football the whole football season. Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be that they had no players from Man City or COVID destroyed everything as warned by Chris Whitty. But I think that the most likely reason of all is that Harry's been pretty disastrous for a while now and had about two players play this week. Phil has been forced to do a free hit and his big shouts have flopped. And Jono, well, it's been about three months and still no one cares about his graphs. Lots to get into this week as we wish you a very Merry Christmas. So let's do it. This is the Fantasy Footy Podcast. everybody hello hello little poet well can you tell me where that was from uh love island the night before christmas oh selling sunsets the The christmas special (laughs) it's the grinch the grinch i knew that Uh, i I did say that before before you said it you're all little grinches of fbl grinch is one of the only books that i've ever read true true (laughs) fact surely there's an fbl grinch out there as well (laughs) on twitter i bet there is the Grinch is one of the only books that you've ever read. That I, I would say books that I, I, I reckon in my life I've read under 20 books in terms of like, <laughs> like, like fiction, fiction, fictional books. Harry Potter's like seven. Surely you've read Harry Potter. Uh, I've read three of them. Oh, oh my God. I knew Probably knowing you, Harry, as well, it'd be like three, five and seven. <laughs> <laughs> For reference, John. The ones I read were one, two, and three, so you can get in the bin. Um, I started listening to four. I think I listened to all of four, and I listened to a bit of five. I, you know, it was too long. And this is back in the tapes days, you know. So I basically I had intentions of listening to it right the way through, but um, yeah, I had to take the the tapes back to the library. So there we go. That was that. I knew there was something slightly off about you, and that's what it is. Yeah, That is what it is. Anyway, the Grinch, and I remembered it. There we go. Well done. Very, very well done, Harry. I mean, sticking with you then, let's look at the other people who deserve a bit of praise this week, and it's the top scorers. Who are they? Top scorers this week. This is going to be probably littered with mistakes, but here we go. True to the actual (laughs) form book. Both the kings of the game week went to Man City players who, in these six days of carnage, scored 
11 goals and conceded zilch. Yep, Pep's purring posse are cooking their sprouts on gas right now, smashing the leads. 7-0. Should have said, like, leads, 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 leads for all of the goals that Man City scored. Uh, before they battered the Magpies 4-0, even though there was probably a penalty in there somewhere along the line. Uh, woofy, woof, woof, woof. Game week 17, KDB came back from the dead to grab a 16-point haul just for me to bring him in and do nothing in game week 8. And after that, uh, Cancelo finally climbed out of the FPL bin uh, to bag 18 big ones. 18 big ones. Saved my bacon. Um, All my pigs and blankets uh, at Newcastle. Uh, His gorgeous solo goal was, in fact, his first of the season. Uh, Combined over the two weeks, Arsenal's Brazilian star boy actually takes crown, though, for 22 points in his two fixtures. Seven against West Ham and 15 against Leeds. Yes, you heard it right. That man, Martinelli. Someone made him a big shout. Merry Woofmas or Merry Gunnamus. I don't know. <laughs> Jono, what about the surprise packages? Who has got the frankincense, myrrh and gold or whatever it was? Oh, yeah, you squeeze that in. Um, <laughs> as always, Sash, That's surprises. You took it about Mary. Um, <laughs> surprises oh, popped out of nowhere, not just from bad Santa's lap and your dirty mouth, Sasha. In game week 17, John Joe Shelby nabbed 10 points at Anfield, opening the scoring with a beauty before the Reds rolled on. His 0.1% of managers would have loved that. My beloved Blues continued to wobble, this time at home versus Harry's Sticky Toffees. And it was an unknown youngster, Jared Braithwaite, who got 90 minutes in the tank and 9 FPL points to boot. You hate to see it, or love to see it, depending on who you support. Uh, is Branthwaite, sure by the way? Branthwaite. <laughs> oh, Branthwaite. Braithwaite <laughs> is definitely Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's been playing some Xbox. Back to the real game at hand. Uh, moving on to game week 18, and Harry Kane finally surprised everyone with just his second league goal of the season. He's now level with sharpshooter Fred. He's still only 5.7% owned, by the way. City didn't really surprise anyone, as Harry said, but Alexander Sinchenko made it 23 points in just three game weeks for his 1% of owners. His 11 points versus Newcastle were overshadowed by his full-back buddy, but still a healthy return for his very few managers. To be fair, Gabriel Martinelli probably takes the ground for game week 18. And even though he was a big shout substitution by Harry, he was only 0.9% owned for the Ellen Road fixture. He's still only 4.2% too. So huge differential potential, as Phil has liked to point out the last couple of days, because I don't know if you heard, he had him on his free hit. <laughs> oh, and actually... Roman size was my combined 17 and 18 surprise package of the two game weeks because just the 2% owned Wolves defender also got 22 points and he played against Brighton and Chelsea. Friends, Roman's countrymen, lend me your FPL points. Phil, the weather outside is frightful, Mm -hmm. but your little pig in blanket to some, (laughs) not me, is delightful. So please get your flower out. Chip a like, Sash. Get my chipolata. Chipolatas are quite long, and I don't think we should give that to Phil. No, no, Cocktail no, no, sausage. No, no, no. Cocktail sausage at best. Uh, well, I can't really include any players that were involved in cancelled or postponed games across game week 17 18, because that's a tad unfair, and I ain't no Scrooge. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang deserves a special mention for being a Christmas carol muppet for making himself unavailable 
for Arsenal's two good wins. Not only did he get stripped of the captaincy, but it also showed they probably don't really need a guy who twice got over 200 FPL points in a season. Anywho, for game week 17, it's got to be Bernardo Silva. 31 points in three game weeks before then, then 45 minutes and one point versus Leeds. Litter! And then for game week 18, I'm actually going to say my flopper was Mo Salah. The most captain player of the week, again, got another 90 minutes versus Spurs, but only two points. Mo Salah, two points. They say COVID is contagious, but he obviously caught the two-pointacron off Harry Kane. <laughs> Time to get rid. Nah, this guy won't stay floppy for long. Big shouts for game week 16, 17 and 18. Everyone's least favourite segment of the show is now also incredibly confusing too. <laughs> Harry. Well, I'm a little bit annoyed here. I'm a bit peeved. Oh, that makes a change. Because uh-huh. what happens if for new listeners, what happens here is if you win a week, then your score gets taken forward into the overall tally. Now... I won the beginning of game week six. Well, I won game week 16. Or does that count? With, yeah, um, your points, your points get tallied up every week. So. Oh, does it? Oh, right. Yeah, fine. Week, fine. Like, I'll, let it, I'll let it go. So, <laughs> my big shout for game week 16, 17 was Pat Sendaker. 10 points first game. Woof, woof, woof. He's going to do me some big ones. XP was on the cards. However, game against Everton, Cancelloed. Bang. 10 <laughs> points. Not bad, though. Not bad at all. Gabriel Martinelli, game week 18, late last-minute sub. What did we do? Oh, 15 points. Don't worry about it. See you later, lads. <laughs> Ooh. Jono, what about you? Well, I ended up being the unlikely winner for 16 and 17. Ollie Watkins, uh, he got the one point in 16 against Liverpool. But then, as expected, got a lovely 12 points the fixture afterwards, which gave him a total of 13, not too shabby. And then for game week 18, my big shout and many people's transfers in and ended up actually being my captain after that Foden bench <laughs> uh, was Alexandra Lacazette, which was a, a meh five points, but better than Salah. Phil, we already know that yours probably didn't go to plan. Yeah, nothing went to plan, Sash. Cucho Hernandez got two points, <laughs> then zero because of COVID. And then John, the shuffle bum again, um, he got zero because COVID cancelled his game also. So from three games, I got two points. So do you not well, do a last yeah, minute change at all, Phil? No, because the Villa game was just so last minute, uh, wasn't it? Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it was yeah. two last minute. Kickers. Even do yeah. a big shout substitution. That's how screwed over I got. All right? Yeah. Imagine being so, a Burnley yeah. fan. The Listeners League then, Harry. Where are we at? Okay, Sash. Overall, Daniel Swaby still top of the tree. But he had not just a bad week, an absolute shocker. Stinker. He had them red arrows big time. Big time. Not having Cancelo was killer. Um, he only scored 30 points. 30 points average was 39. Um, so that dropped him from 2,000 in the world to 15,000. Bad, bad week indeed. Terrible it, rank. Yes. And it also meant that people, oh, they did some climbing. His lead is now only 20 points at the top of the table, whereas he had a quite a sizable lead, at least 50-odd before that. Uh, the top scorer for the game week last week can only be Tanya Robinson. Tan's team, Ooh, 92 on, Tanya. points. Ooh. 
Mamma mia. Who scores 92 points? Captain Cancelo. What an absolute move. Free hit? Nope, just took a minus four. <gasps> Cancelo, Alonso, Diaz, big at the back. She went very big at the back. 5-3-2, she paid essentially. Well, 5-3-1. Um, but yeah, wowza. Wow, wow, we were. Fair play. All the, all the back line um, uh, return for us. So well done, Tan. Uh, doesn't actually make Tan, though, the uh, the leader in the December Manager of the Month competition, though. No, no. That is potentially producer Tom, not producer Tom. Kobe shelling it. Kobe, if, if you are a real person, could you let us know? Otherwise, we're just, you know, we're, we're, we're giving you, we're doing you a disservice here and saying that you're. You're not someone that you are. Um, but anyway, Naismith All-Stars, 71 points for this week. 270 overall for all of December. Uh, if uh, you want to get yourself a shout-out on the podcast, then you will need to join our listener league. And the code to do that is OTCUNE, O-T-C-U-N-E. Georgia drivers take pride in their cars because your car is important to you. It gets you back and forth every day, helping you connect with family and friends, getting you to work, to the store, and the football game. Protect the vehicle that protects you with dependable coverage from an insurance company that's known for keeping its promises. Georgia Farm Bureau Insurance, right here in your community. Learn more at gfbinsurance.com. Hot, Hot topics. topics. Hot chocolate topics with marshmallows <laughs> on top. I also didn't write that. That was Phil. Um, first up, then COVID. It's unavoidable. Still bloody COVID at the moment. Game week nineteen is on, but wait till you make those transfers. Right, lots of managers getting burned badly last week. I.e., over the one million. Ollie Watkins buyers. I mean, they must have just been furious. I mean, I was pretty furious and I brought him in the week before. So <laughs> I felt I felt bad for them. That game was called off, I think, about forty five minutes before the deadline. Oh. The original deadline. And so people, you know, were like, right, it's it's late enough now. I can I can bring him in. Um, people did bring him so, in early though, didn't they? Yeah, of got, course some got, did, got but, a price rise. So I don't know. Yeah. Scolded though, bless him. But yeah. Uh, you, it, it shows you they have to literally leave it to the last 10, 15 minutes and hope to God that the side doesn't crash in the process. Um, you've got uh, you've got the EFL Cup in the midweek tonight, uh, tonight and tomorrow, I think, as well. So another ra- way that people can get um, COVID, another way that people can get injured. So another reason to postpone your transfers. In the end of the day, the team value is just not worth it. Trying to beat a little price rise or a price drop is not worth having to take an extra minus four or an extra transfer to field 11 players. I'm with Johnny on that. And uh, hold on, hold the door. You know, Santa's come in. Just wait for those jingling jingling bells. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. I want to chat about Salah. Uh, and giving him the armband. We did warn you last week that maybe a blank was coming, and it came. Uh, And those Cancello captainers out there were smug AF. Anyway, he's got Leeds at home next. So put the armband back on him, do you think? Give him the Christmas hat. What do you think? Has to be. 
Leeds had eight senior players left by the end of their game versus Arsenal. Eight. Um, and that's not even a COVID issue. That's just simple like injuries. So it's not like a load of them are going to come back into the team soon. Um, they had 21 shots conceded against Arsenal, 12 of them on target. Four of them were goals. Uh, had a little look at their form versus last season's big six and the top six, should I say. Um, so that's City, Liverpool, United, Chelsea, West Ham and Leicester. They've had six matches against them and they have conceded 21 goals. That's an average of three and a half goals a game. Um, another reason why you'd whack the, the armband on Salah is they lost 3-0 in the reverse fixture. And they've also conceded 16 goals in their last four. So that's four goals a game. Yes, the 7-0 spanking from City does skew that average a little bit, but it shows you just how leaky McLeakerson they are at the back at the moment. Salah, you can only look at Salah. It sounds like I've got nothing good to say, which is true. But um, you'd be silly to uh, to not do it. And also remember that uh, the game is the first one of the day. So if there is a last minute change, you can change your captain. Mm. So I would I would just have it right on him. Um obviously there's Wolves Watford at the same time. But I have it right on him. So you're gonna know first of all if that's cancelled. Um, you know, hopefully pre deadline. Um unless they pull something ridiculous out of the bag. But you know, I reckon you'd probably know before Christmas Day uh, if that game's gonna be off. So I would definitely say to you, keep it on Salah because it's as Johnny might mention at some point about the EO. Um, it is not worth your while to not do it. Harry, let's um, let's come to you on this one then. And we saw a lot of free hits taken last week, including our very own Philip, uh, who got 72 points and a green arrow. So is it time to think about these chips? If five or more fixture get cancelled again, is it worth using one, even with a second wild card only a couple of weeks away? What do you think? <sighs> it's always good to keep your wild card as much as you can. Uh, free hits, it, you know, obviously, so you can look at it two ways. I think I ultimately paid the price. I only had six players um, and two of those were iffy. Uh, thank, thankfully, uh, Smith Rowe came off the bench and scored. Um, but uh, I had seven. Christensen didn't play. Uh, classic. And it's probably worth like three mil now. And the uh, there's always uh, it's it's worth thinking about how much those points are worth. And obviously, we talked about in previous years. I took a free hit when when there was only four fixtures on, and um, Mo Salah bagged a hat trick, and everyone captained him. So it kind of made everybody the points difference not that much. I think I scored seventy points, and everybody else scored about fifty. And so it was kind of you know it wasn't that detrimental to people but whereas Phil I scored 40 points this week and I was going to play my three hit and Phil scored 72 so that's 32 point swing which is big it's a big swing so I think if you had that happen again then it's worth definitely doing because if you think about how when uh, if you save a free hit for a double game week right when and you're picking players who are all playing twice you think about how many games extra your team has so in this week i suffered with five less fixtures than anybody with a free hit so if you think about 
in a double game week, there'll be loads of teams with that and you kind of can plan for it. So whereas these things you can't you can't plan for COVID outbreaks. So I think weigh up whether your team will have enough players. I don't think ultimately it should be about the amount of fixtures you've got going on. It should be the amount of players you've got playing. So I would say seven. If you've got seven strong players who you back, uh, then don't use a free hit. But anything less than do. Jono, do you agree? Um I do and I don't. For me, I feel like the only real beneficiary that Phil had from his free hit team was Martinelli. Because um, there weren't that many players with like a, a really low ownership that were then um, very prominent in free hit teams that banged. And, you know, a lot of people have Concello. A lot of people have Reese James and so on and so forth. So I was only 20 points behind Phil. Um, the thing Ooh, that scared you. me, the thing that scared me as well about playing my free hit this week, I think I had eight players in the end, was um, the idea of choosing a free hit team and then finding out that actually some of those players that I've picked are uh, have got COVID mm. and are out for the next two mm. weeks or whatever. Mm. Um, and so, you know, for instance, I brought in Foden this week and it ends up being, you know, I captained in him as well. So that was a terrible transfer in the end. That's a minus four that I didn't need to take. Um, I didn't take the minus four to be able to afford him either. Um, but I'd probably been more annoyed if I brought him in on my free hit because I would have thought that's well, that yeah. was such a waste of a free hit. Yeah, but yeah. Chips are, we're now in the point in the season where chips are so important. And this is where planning starts to really take hold in FPL. And you don't just play week by week. You start looking two or three weeks in advance. And this is what starts to split the casuals between people that are taking the game seriously. And I don't think we know what we are yet. How are you doing? We're a bit <laughs> of both. Um, it depends on our end of season rank, I guess. Casually serious. Um, but seriously casual. All, game week 20 that is the last chance you have to use your first wild card there's someone in our mini league i know still has it uh, and it is such a good time to use it in game week 20 because game week 21 game week 22 looking like they're both gonna have double game weeks there are in fact some teams and i don't want to say who they are yet because i want to wait till the actual confirmation i don't want to lead people down the wrong path there are some teams that are going to have double game weeks in 21 and 22. That's four games in two game weeks. That's got to be worth looking at getting some of those players in. Um, but my problem with that is some of the teams that supposedly will only have single game weeks are teams where we have a lot of players, Liverpool and City being the main ones. A lot of people are going to have triple City and triple Liverpool. So do we really want to be getting rid of those assets to then bring back after those double game weeks? I don't know. And therefore, a free hit might be a great time to be used in one of those double game weeks because you can load up on your Man Uniteds and your Spurs and who else, and then get your Liverpool and your City players back the following week. So yeah, really keep an eye on presses. Um, ben Krellin on Twitter, he, he's, he's a genius. There's no other word for him. His uh, planning skills are exemplary and they're a really useful tool. So if, if you don't follow him on Twitter, do that. And he has some excellent spreadsheets. We might even just retweet it on our socials as well, just to get the word out. Um, and it gives you a really good template as to how to uh, set up your team for the next few weeks. <laughs>
gentlemen, let's look at the burning Christmas candle questions for game weeks 19 and 20. First up, we have Liverpool versus Leeds and Man City versus Leicester in game week 19. I know you hate triple ups, John Owen, FPL, but surely these two fixtures are the ones to target because of the weak defences of the Lily Whites and the Foxes. What do you think? I do hate them because of COVID at the moment, but it turns out I've got two triple ups in my team, Sash. So who am I to talk? I've got Triple City and Triple Arsenal. <laughs> and again, they are facing Norwich. Um, so which one to target? I think Liverpool versus Leeds. We, you know, we've spoken about Leeds' defensive record at the moment, and I think Jota is is you know still incredible value. I still don't want to bring money in; it's too much money, and there's no real way for him into my team. Salah's a must. Trent is a must. Simicass is now an option. Three point seven mil. Robertson is out for three games, um, and we have seen that he can play down that left wing very nicely. He had some assists early in the season when Robertson was unavailable. So I definitely think a Liverpool triple up is pretty safe, especially as they seem to have COVID down. Pretty good, pretty good. Apart from VVD, um, what do you think about City and Leicester? Uh, has well, I think the thing is that City. I, I as you were discussing that, I, I remembered how bad. Leicester's defences. They've also got like no fit centre-backs, I swear. Um, Someone limped off the other day, I'm sure of it. So that is actually really promising. For I'm sure Leicester can see loads away from home from from my vague memory. Um, And City obviously rampant at the Etihad. So getting rid of KDB, I I might might not do that, actually. I I was going to, but I might not. So... um, yeah, we, we we will see, but tripling up, it's just Pep Rula, it's too risky. But with um, Liverpool, yeah, I think definitely, definitely worth a shout. Jota's keeping his spot week in, week out. The trouble is that if he does have one blank game, then he brings Firmino back in. I really do think so. And I think he's going to rotate because he's got the team to rotate as well. Uh, he might do it against Leeds, though, I reckon. I reckon he might do the rotating against Leeds because they're weaker than when they're away um, to Leicester um, two days later Good on a Tuesday night. So I, I, the, the, the ones I'd stick, stick true to are ones who are definitely going to play. Check when... Uh, Alisson, for example, great choice. Uh, but... Check when they are due back from COVID, Van Dijk and co. Um, and he would probably be my choice there. Simicast is great on the ball, and he, you know, he whips in and gets some good, uh, good returns in terms of um, in terms of assists and stuff. But those two games, I don't fancy him to keep clean sheets after Leeds. So um, don't triple up on either of them. Is the final answer. Next up. Kane and Son, they went all last season versus Liverpool and both scored with Palace, Southampton and Watford before the North London derby. Is it time to beat the curve and get either of these huge FPL sleeping giants into your team? Son, yes. Kane, no. That's all I've got to say. Johnny? Yeah, Son's XG 0.71. Um, you know, he missed the big chance as well as his goal. He could have easily had to create two chances as well. And he basically played as a second striker. It was, you know, it was very much him and Kane up the top, uh, pretty much a 5-3-2 or a, or a 3-5-2, however you want to look at it. Um, 
We've said it before, say it again. Son is harder to get in your team. You're probably going to have to upgrade a Foden or a Jota. I don't think many people are going to downgrade a Salah. Whereas Kane, a lot of people will still probably have a Ronaldo, maybe a Vardy, maybe a Lukaku in there as a placeholder who can easy switch in there. But yeah, Kane hasn't done enough yet. Son's looked threatening as well. He's He has to be one of the most underrated players in the Premier League over the past few seasons. He doesn't get enough of the limelight at all. Um, he's an exceptional player and yeah, I'd love to get him in. Finally then, hear me out. Game week 20 starts the day after game week 19 finishes, or at least it's currently scheduled to. So which three fixtures or clubs should we target? I think you've got to target Leeds again. Um... I'd like to see how Villa do. Um, if I mean, if they're available for then, how they've recovered from COVID. We still don't know who has got COVID in the Villa camp. Um, so I, I really fancy Watkins against that Leeds defence. West Ham potentially against Watford as well. You know, could this be the week that Antonio finds his uh, finds his shooting boots once again? You know, Bowen is someone that we've talked about a lot of the past few weeks as well. Um, and we've just spoken about them, but Spurs, Southampton haven't kept a clean sheet in about five or six games. Livermento is now a useless asset to have in the game. I would love to get him out of my team. Um, so I think that could be a really good fixture for Spurs. Man United versus Burnley is the one for me that really uh, pings off the page. Um, or defensive assets in Arsenal versus Wolves. I think both of them are actually mm. pretty short at the back. Uh, Tommy Yasu, I need to make him a big shout at some point. It's not today. But, we should um... talk about Wolves, actually, Harry. Um, in their last seven Premier League games, they've only conceded twice. They've had five clean sheets and they conceded one against Liverpool and one against City. They've really managed to find that form of a few seasons ago where they were a really hard team to break down. Mm. So, you know, players like, who have you got? You've got Semedo all of a sudden becomes an attractive option. Roman Sice, even Connor Cody, he's cheap as chips. So, yeah, um, yeah if, I was doing Cody, a, yeah. if I was doing a little... Um, a little wild card, maybe one of those cheaper Wolves defensive assets would be someone I'm Absolutely. Georgia drivers take pride in their cars because your car is important to you. It gets you back and forth every day, helping you connect with family and friends, getting you to work, to the store, and the football game. Protect the vehicle that protects you with dependable coverage from an insurance company that's known for keeping its promises. Georgia Farm Bureau Insurance, right here in your community. Learn more at gfbinsurance.com. Okay, gentlemen, quick fire. I need your team tinker corner. Game week 19 only. Sir Vu play. Captain picks, Harry. I'm not going to lie to you, Sash. I don't even know what day it is. But, um, <laughs> but if I were to look at my team, I would say my captain can only be Mo Salah at home against Leeds. I know he's let me down. He did the dirty on me last week. But it's either him or if I stupidly take a hit because I, you know, I don't know. If the games all still go on, then Ronaldo might be up there. He isn't in my team right now. Uh, but if he t- comes back in, then, uh, then I'll think about it. Phil? Cristiano Ronaldo against Newcastle, sod it. Because, do you know what? Even though KDB flopped as my captain, which wound me up something chronic, 
I felt alive again, Sash, playing FPL because I mm-hmm. picked a different captain. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do that and Ron is getting the armband. Is it better to feel alive or to lose? Better to feel alive. Genu- oh, genuine question. Like, I, I've, I've, I live on the other side of that. I've, I've <laughs> felt alive before and I, I must say losing was re- it really hurt. Okay, well, ask me again next week when the United Newcastle game gets cancelled, um, and I don't pick a good vice. Or Ronaldo on the back gets of like a high. He's on the back yeah. of a high of his little little bit of funny ad with his little free hit. They got yeah, a few more points yeah, than normal. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's yeah. the top oh, thirteen well, more. Well done, yeah, 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 yeah. well done. And so now it's all going to go downhill. Yeah. But John, who's your captain pick, please? My captain is Salah Sash. I have a feeling his EO might be over 200% because I think people will triple captain him, which means that even as my captain, I will still lose points if he hauls. But there we go. What can you do? <laughs> <laughs> Formation choices. Harry. Formation right now. I mean, Christ, alive. I've got so many problems with my team. Like, I mean, I'm in a world of pain. Um, <laughs> So much trouble. I st- I've still got Christensen. Somehow, I've still got this guy. <laughs> but um, I'm going to go for a 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, I think that's how it's going to go. Yeah, 3-4-3. Three, three. If I swap King for Ronaldo and De Bruyne for Martinelli or someone like that. Jono? Mine's going to be mixing up this week, Sash. I'm usually a 3-4-3 three, three type of guy, but... Two of my forwards are playing very good defences in King and Watkins, so it could well be a 4 5 1. Keeping the spice alive in your FBL team. I like it. Phil, what about you? I was going to say 4 4 flipping 2 again, but I actually think I'm going to go 3 5 2. Wow. Wow. Okay. Chooses and snoozes. Phil, sticking with you. Ron, Trent, Mo, and. Cancello, get yourself out the trash. Come on, mate, climb out the bin because you, my boy, saved a lot of people's asses last week, including mine. So, Cancello as well. Harry, Aaron Ramsdale, mate, got to stay there. Cancello, yeah. Um, Trenty. I mean, Matt Lauten is potentially a great shout. Depending if DCL is back fit, he's due back on on Boxing Day. So there is, and with that extra week off, there is a chance that we might have a striker fit who's not like. 18. So uh, I I think that uh, that one is going to stay in my team for the foreseeable. He's not going to find himself wanting a new a new club. Um, Smith Rowe, uh, Salah, Gallagher stays in because of his haul against Everton uh, and Watkins. But on the on the side of potentially getting themselves a new club, Miguel Antonio and uh, Josh King for sure. And Johnny, Trent, Cancelo. James Rambo at the back, the Doomy Dirt. Um, Foden and Bernardo did my nothing last week. Uh, oh. Then you got Salah. I would say Smith Rowe, but he's just started in the uh, in the cup, so that worries me slightly because um, he's definitely playing in what I would class their B team. Um, and that boy Gallagher. Everyone else is on thin ice. And finally, any chips with that? I, I was I was really hoping that they'd give us an extra like wild card as a result of all the <laughs> rubbishness of last week, but alas, no. Transfer talk. Who is coming into your side then, please, gentlemen? How's Indiana Drew doing? Dad bod. <laughs> Who's the other one? Indiana. Oh no, we've said no, Indiana. You said all. Of, you said oh, all three Drew. of them. You said all of them. I think you merged Indiana and Drew together. I uh, think in- I did. I said, I said Indiana Drew. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I think Indiana's doing right, actually. He got a bit of traction when he uh, tweeted about playing his free hit. There was, a, I think, a lot of nervous uh, FBL players out there feeling the same as I did. So, um, did you get 200 likes? Yeah, it was nice to get... It's nice to get 17 likes. Nothing compared to Jono's <laughs> 222. Nice. nice. That's You've got 200 and something, Jono. God, well Yeah, done. I know. Can we not? Cheers. Uh, but, Sash, I'm going to roll my, my transfer this week, I think, bearing any kind of um, injury news uh, and obviously last-minute cancellations from COVID again. Yeah, true Christmas miracle. I'm going to roll it over because I think I'm pretty happy with the team I've got. Harry, you just kind of sound like you want to roll over and die, but any... <laughs> transfer for you or I'm honestly considering another minus eight um, <laughs> but I think it'll just be the minus four um, yeah I panicked when all when everything went wrong this weekend with games cancelled like, I, it forced me into last minute changes try it three hit didn't have enough time so I had literally it was on 59 as I was making my transfer so I was like right all in on De Bruyne and uh, oh. and then it didn't, didn't, didn't pay off for me so um, he might. I'm worried to get rid of him after one week. Though I think that's probably a bit premature. So I, I might only do one transfer. We'll see. But um, it probably will be the minus four, and it'll be Martinelli and uh, and Ronaldo in for De Bruyne and uh, and King. I think. Jono, what about yourself? Um, I'd love to roll. Be a great luxury. I'd feel an accomplished manager who's you know planned ahead. Um, but Livramento hasn't kept a clean sheet since Moses was a lad. <laughs> Foden is on the naughty step after getting his bum spanked by a dominatrix. Bernardo's now deeper in the city line than Edison. Smith throws now in the Arsenal B team, and um, <laughs> Brandon Williams is you know he plays for Norwich. So um, yeah, I, I'd love to not take a hit. And I, one thing I haven't got, which is like a lot of players have, is triple Liverpool. I've got Trent and Salah. Mm. And my now main concern is, do I go to Simicass, have a 3.7 million extra Liverpool defender with attacking prowess or Jota? Because Jota's killing my rank every week. That's my main conundrum. So, um, yeah, I mean, and also because um, we're thinking about Simicass, obviously Robertson's got a three-game ban now, straight red. So... That will take you into your wild card in yeah. Jan. So you know it's it's not a waste of a transfer. You know it is a three game bonus you've got with him. And uh, Liverpool don't concede that many goals. I know they did this mm. weekend, but I think Van Dijk will be back probably by yeah. then. So follow FPL Droog to uh, get all your regular updates to find out what I might do with my team. Or you could follow <laughs> at Fantasy Footy Pod. <laughs> Tell you what, Liverpool's fixtures aren't actually that nice, though. Leicester away, Chelsea away. Nah, I'm actually I'm leaving that well alone. Don't forget, you lovely lot out there, your festive FPL transfer deadlines are game week 19, 11am GMT on Boxing Day, Sunday the 26th of December, and for game week 20, 11am GMT on Tuesday the 28th of December. <laughs> Shout for game week 19, then please. Uh, Phil, yes, uh, I'm going for Diogo, not Jota because I mean he wouldn't be one anyway. Uh, Dallo or Dalot, now United's first choice right back at a recent merit. Two nice fixtures, 
definitely a nice one against Newcastle. 4.5 million, 2.3% owned. Knowing my recent COVID luck, uh, I can't wait for his game to be cancelled. But I think he could be really useful moving forward. United look far more solid under Ralph. And you know, Sash, I love a double D. Cheers. Jono, what about yours? Well, it was a sight for sore eyes at the weekend. Because if you remember my... Yeah, always. Um, No change. Can you remember uh, my big shout for the season? I don't know if you can. I'll take you all the way back. I said that Deli Alley, the guy that's played about 12 minutes all season, uh, was going to be the most valuable midfielder in the game. Um, So it was nice to see him start under Conte, and I thought he played really well. So I'm going to go for Deli Alley and hope that he starts. He is just 6.2 mil. And 1.1%. So, um, and he had that teasing numbers. Beautiful opportunity, which was a fantastic save by Alison. Um, but yeah, let's go with Dal. Harry, your big shout, if you would. Uh, so I'm going for Jacob Ramsey. Now, he scored against, um, against Norwich. Great goal. Barnstormer, it was. Powerful, dynamic, great goal. Uh, one akin to his gaffer. Uh, and I think that's where this lad's on on the on the road to. He's got two goals this season, which obviously isn't, you know, he's not setting the world uh, alight. However, he's only 4.5 mil. He's so cheap. He is your, you know, your Sissoko enabler. And he's playing every game, every game. And Gerard clearly likes him. And he's got bags of talent, 1.8% owned. I think a really good one to have. Yeah, tough couple of games. Uh, Chelsea at home, although maybe not depending on how uh, how injury ravaged they are um and then the other game they've got is um is away to Leeds so chance for goals there because Leeds can't defend for toffee that's all we've got time for then this week we wish you a very very merry christmas stay safe enjoy and any family arguments just have a glass of wine and trust the process, I guess. That'd be my best advice. Or the bottle. Or several. Trust it's that process. process. Trust that process, baby. We'll see you very soon. Goodbye. Ho, 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 Merry oh, Christmas. Christmas. That's not a very nice thing to call John O'Hara. Hotkin sounds scarily like Omnicrom, in a way. Begins with an O. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um... <laughs> Georgia drivers take pride in their cars because your car is important to you. It gets you back and forth every day, helping you connect with family and friends, getting you to work, to the store, and the football game. Protect the vehicle that protects you with dependable coverage from an insurance company that's known for keeping its promises. Georgia Farm Bureau Insurance, right here in your community. Learn more at gfbinsurance.com. episode please leave us a review on itunes
please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.